0: is this thing on can you hear me
1: welcome to the gravity lift podcast a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love
0: music and festival life yoga and wellness travel and adventure we are your hosts jordan and antonella So that was fun.
1: Yeah, it's a good old time.
0: Yeah, we just had the tables turned on us. Three hour podcast, but this time we were not in the driver's seat.
1: Yeah, so I think Anthony Samaha is going to be a little uh, <laughs> we topped him Bummed, he was uh, <laughs> just over two hours, and this is just over three hours. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully our listeners will stick through it, or maybe this will be over the course of a few commutes in their drive to and from work, but I think it's well worth the listen.
1: Yeah. So a month ago, we had Lauren Ruska on the podcast.
0: Episode number 12.
1: Yeah, and she... Kind of mentioned, I don't know if it was in the podcast or if it was in passing afterwards, that she would love to come back and interview us.
0: So we scheduled it right then. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in the books. So I was like, let's do it. I think she's awesome. And I wanted to see where she would guide it. And I think she'd be, be awesome uh, podcaster herself one of these days. I know it's kind of something she's intrigued about. So it was fun to give her a space to be the person in charge of where things were going and curating the conversation and as much as you can in a podcast.
1: I think she did a fantastic
0: yeah, job. Yeah, she was great. She was really easy to talk to, helped coax a few things out of us. And
2: uh, I think was there was hard. a
1: lot we kind of wanted to talk about. And we kind of wanted to manifest or to kind of, I guess, put into the universe. We feel like there have been a couple instances where people have come in here and said some things and mm-hmm. they've they've worked out positively for them just by just getting it out there.
0: Yeah. So I think a quick little um, teaser for those of you who might be like, uh, they just said this is going to be three hours. (laughs) So uh, we talk a little bit about the things that we're curating in the Seattle area. We highlight a few people that we find very inspiring in the last year or so. We also talk about... Um, talked
1: about our journey into what styles of music we're into yeah. and how we got there.
0: Our musical journeys, uh, our yoga, yoga, journey. yoga journey. We also talk a little bit about um, drugs a little bit towards the end. So, yeah, there's all sorts of interesting topics.
1: Yeah, so I think we'll... Uh, Stay tuned. We'll let that speak for itself. Without further ado, here is Lauren Ruska interviewing
0: us.
3: So tonight is a very special night. The tables have turned because your wonderful hosts, Jordan and Antonella, are no longer the hosts. Guest host, Lauren Ruska in the building. Oh shit. (laughs) And this girl's got a lot of questions. I'm excited. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm
0: excited. First, uh, we had a really busy day, and there was definitely a moment where it was like, "Oh fuck, we have to do a podcast tonight." And then we we're like, "Oh, not really. We get to not really do anything. We get to sit back and let you take charge." So yeah, then we you got to kind of relax. We were like, "Oh, cool. We don't Absolutely. Have to prep for or anything." So yeah,
3: yeah. Let me take the reins and enjoy the ride. And I'm really looking forward to hearing everything that you guys have to say. Yeah, so, I, I got to just sit so back and we. relax. We have no mm-hmm.
0: idea what we're going to say. I'm interested <laughs> yes. to see what evolves. Yeah.
3: Well, <laughs> I, for one, so it's hump day. Woo! And Woo. I know that in a couple days from now, I'm personally very excited because I'm going to be attending your event, which is I guess, Silent Yoga in the Park. And I we- would love to hear more about... Um, yeah, in your own words what what's going down on saturday and so how it's this silent
1: yoga and we're going to do it in a park
0: yeah <laughs> there will be no words I will be moving, you will watch me move, and you will follow. <laughs> like, Simon interpretive, does, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> interpretive like, yoga. Interpretive yoga. Like, I have to I guess the
3: poses. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, <laughs> this awesome guy named Dan reached out to us a few months back. Actually, he reached I, out to you first. Yeah, so I did, I did a
1: gig with him, like, a corporate gig at Monkey Loft. And Ooh. I, like, DJed a silent disco portion of this, like, company event that they were doing. Um, and he wasn't there but the people that were there were like yeah everything went great and so he hit me up and was like would love to do more silent disco style events and I kind of mentioned that her and I do yoga together and he was like yeah let's set something up he's like I feel like there's a niche here that's um starting to be met in terms of like silent disco events in general but the silent disco yoga events in Seattle at least haven't really started up and he was like, I would love to make this happen. And we have experience doing, you know, yoga events with DJ. And so it's no different for us. It's just we get to add this headphones thing. And it it really creates this whole different encompassing kind of world. It like makes you even more in your head about it. Mm-hmm. Oh. But yeah. then you also get to like hear this music that everyone else is hearing, but you don't have the external sounds mm-hmm. and and you hear
0: my voice you hear your music and, and that's uh very present uh, and the other things going on outside might be able to be slightly muffled and uh it's really common these days for a lot of like trendy yoga things to be popping up like yoga in this and yoga mm-hmm. in that one thing that i really like about this and it makes it less trendy in my opinion is it helps us bypass a lot of the rules and regulations for sound amplification Mm -hmm. so if we want to do yoga with music in a park we don't have to worry about Noise complaints and sound ordinances, and having to have you know certain the city of Seattle, yay, um, <laughs> having to fill out forms for all of that because we're like, oh, no one's gonna hear it anyway. Yeah. So that's super helpful. And then also the headphones have little lights on them, so if you were doing it in the evening or in a darker space, it looks really cool. It just adds that kind of visual light effect to it and. I'm quite excited about it. Dan's great to work with. This first mm-hmm. event, as you know, you got you and your crew got tickets. It's selling really well, yeah. which is fantastic because uh, it's not supposed to be very nice out. <laughs> We're looking at some January weather. I'm hoping for weather. sun. Yeah, I'm hoping for sun too. Or maybe the rain just starts a little later in the day. But we got some pop tents just in case, and people just are encouraged to layer up and. And it's going to be fantastic. And hopefully this will be the first of a series. We'd like this to be every six to eight weeks. And when the weather is decent, we'll do it outside. Once the weather starts to go to shit, we'll start to move indoors. Mm-hmm. One of, A couple of my like goal spots, I don't know if we can make this happen, is Museum of Flight. I think that would Ooh. be awesome. And then the Chihuly spot. Oh. And then the EMP. Like Those three would be like my top picks in Seattle. Because I just think that would be really cool like you know where uh, where the sky church is at mm-hmm. emp if everyone else is just like going to the emp exhibits, and then they're walking by sky church and there's like all these people who are doing yoga with like headsets on i think that would be epic and it kind of has that sort of futuristic vibe that emp um has so i don't know that's my my wish yeah
1: list. i just obviously love amplified sound <laughs> and so it's like yeah, I'd prefer to just play on big speakers, but there are so many different places you just can't do that. And yeah. you can't do that outside vibe experience. Um, so I think it'd be really cool to be able to incorporate the style of what I like to do and how we like to add yoga to this music experience.
0: Yeah. And a lot of those events that we do are over 21, you know, Mm -hmm. or 18 and up, either they're at a festival that you have to be 18 and older, or they're at a nightclub, you have to be 21. So what's nice about the series that we're trying to do with him is we want them to be all ages, bring your kids, bring whoever we teach at UW. A lot of our students are... 17 to 20 like mm-hmm. the majority we've got some that are a little older but a lot of them don't get to come to our events And like no why are they all over 21 yeah. so I know we'll have several that will be there Saturday we saw them today and they're all stoked about it so it's so our effort of trying to expand what we're doing and really bring it to everyone of mm-hmm. all ages oh yeah in all sorts of places so I love it I am so excited Yay. as soon as I
3: saw the event I know this sounds so cheesy, but I I was like, I'm so in. I told all my friends and it's in Cal Anderson, which is just a major park in Seattle. Beautiful, yeah. And I think what I was really taken aback by the first time I went to a silent disco is how actually connected I felt to every person that was there Mm -hmm. that was dancing around. And so to be able to do yoga, to open up, the body to mm-hmm. quiet the mind and then to have a big dance party afterwards it sounds like the perfect event
0: so and then how about this this is another goal for us how about <laughs> imagine <Okay. laughs> imagine like 100 people doing yoga right let's say anthony samaha is djing it you'll hear his music jordan is talking into channel a leading a class Antonella is talking to channel B leading a class Whoa. you don't know what channel you're on everybody starts to flow half the people are this patchwork quilt of doing a flow that he's leading doing a flow that I'm leading and then maybe partway through you kind of like well I kind of want to and then you switch your channel and oh, how cool I would that be that. so I feel like there's a lot of opportunity with it so we, we yeah you could even have
1: two different DJs this is
0: just you could have two DJs you could that, have yeah. twos, two two uh, sounds yeah. to go off of and two teachers to go off
3: of yeah yeah the disco i went to it had three channels and so it was was just so cool to be able to like experience different music Mm -hmm. and to see people dancing in different ways but wow like yoga battle (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: what i'm thinking in my head yeah, that would feel bad though. If like everybody was doing Jordan class and there's like everybody like switched off my class, they're like, meh, we're That's not." That's why together. I feel like
1: we should do. I, we should probably stick with the same music. Okay. And just pipe the same music into both channels, because then someone won't pick based off of like the it's music. And it's more off the teacher. Mm-hmm. And then it's a real challenge. Then it's a yoga <laughs>
0: battle. I'll take you on. You're a better teacher. Than because yoga is totally about <laughs> competition.
2: <laughs>
3: Well, I'm very excited, and I'm curious. I know there's always so many fun events, and I'm always blown away by how creative the events are that you both put together, and I'm curious what else is on the docket for this summer and Dude, the rest of the year. You have no idea. If
0: if I what had can unlimited funds, like if we had... so. Just putting that out into the universe. <laughs> if there is somebody that has exorbitant amounts of money that wants to invest in our business, I have so many ideas, and for Ooh. us, it's just literally like needing the funding and the support and the infrastructure to make it all happen. Yeah, I don't know. My brain's been it's been on one lately. A lot of Ooh. really exciting hit me ideas. hit me with
3: like one or two of these grandiose ideas of what and we want to do, pull, and like, well, I'm gonna like manifest a investor.
0: I would say, like, the big thing that is really, like, we're wanting is building out a really good, comprehensive YouTube channel that has literally everything from... Mm recipes of us cooking, to uh, lead guided meditations, to yoga tutorials and classes, mm. to uh, another part of it would be us when we're uh, traveling. So insider travel tips, like behind the scenes stuff. on festivals. Yeah, like a yeah. huge variety. There's just a lot that goes into setting all of that up and the gear to make it look good. And uh, I would say that that is really what I would love to make happen soon because um, we have a lot of people who don't live locally. Hopefully, who yeah. message me all the time like, oh, come to North Carolina or, oh, come to Portland. And I'm like, yeah, it's just not that easy. So the big <laughs> thing trying. would be being yeah. able to
1: create those channels which allows mm-hmm. you to not have to have a week job or a weekday <laughs> job. And I know everyone knows that and everyone's kind of going for a, that.
0: would be a really time-consuming job but different. It wouldn't be us punching a well, so what would be? Yes.
1: Yeah. And so what would be cool is that it allows you to connect to more individuals outside of here, which is exactly what you were saying, but then also be able to travel to North Carolina to that individual mm-hmm. rather than having to take time off of work mm-hmm. because that travel can be part of work and you yeah. can do work while you're there and recording things and travel vlogs. And so yeah, I think it's feasible, but yeah, there's definitely, um, I just, I can't half-ass anything as Me you can see too. by this studio. Oh, oh like, absolutely. It's, it's, I've put so much time into it, figuring out what I, so a decent amount of money, but like the, the money isn't the point. Right. Like the Mm -hmm. microphones we're talking on aren't crazy expensive microphones. Like I want microphones that cost four times as much, (laughs) but I I can't (laughs) afford it. And so that's what I'm talking about. is like the, the research and time that's gone into like figuring out what works well enough to be good now, Mm -hmm. but then also the possibility for expanding. So it's like, you can talk about us wanting to get a good video camera to Mm -hmm. do recording but it's like I can get one that's a couple thousand dollars that'll like do the trick Mm -hmm. or eventually get one that's $10,000 that's like full, high quality, like you can really make it look professional. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But like you got to learn steps along the way. But still for us, since we don't have the income financially to just be like, oh, yeah, let me go buy a (laughs) $2,000 camera to like start this YouTube channel and like hope it works. I think that's where the, the investment would be. Yeah, It'd be sweet to be able to. Yeah, I would off.
0: also like to expand what we're doing festival wise. Not necessarily yeah. do more festivals, but create um, a following and a concept of like these renegade self care pop up things Mm, at festivals renegade
3: self-care yeah it's got a like a nice crunch to it
0: right so less about oh this is yoga people in the yoga area (laughs) because we're a lot more than yoga we have a lot that we have going on a lot to offer which is kind of what i was describing in the Mm -hmm. youtube channel is like i want to bring all the facets of what we do underneath this gravity lift umbrella to events and and talk with uh the coordinators and be like all right let's talk about who you have what your vibes are and let's curate a renegade takeover Mm -hmm. uh that's that's exactly for what you need here and so i think it would be a little bit different each time which would be cool and it would be
1: um i think that's the thing is like curation um being able to kind of pick which individuals and what styles of people you really think would work well for different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of why we're like building out this teacher training program is also because once we get those teachers certified, then we want them to be a part of what we're going on. So a lot of teacher trainings are like, let's get people certified under our name and then we're done with them, you know. Totally. They go and they you teach, set them
3: free. and mm-hmm. in
1: in some ways, like they actually become competition because then that person <laughs> wants to come and like work at your studio where there's only X amount of spots. And so yeah. for us, it's like, how do we include these individuals to become a part of our life and allow mm. them to expand
0: do- our team and they our love offerings? That. Yeah, and definitely so tribe. Want- And yeah, yeah,
1: and start to pull like the cool things that all these individuals have from their life. Um, And similarly, like we teach regular classes and that's one thing that we would like to give up someday. So by being able to bring in more people who can then sub our classes and eventually take over our classes and that again comes this like curation of ideas. Um, I think one day we would both love to start throwing our own events in some way. Oh, yeah. Um, But I just... Again, that requires some capital to be able to invest in that kind of stuff and to be willing to take a few solid hits, which we just financially can't quite yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that would be most of the expansion is how do we throw our own events and there's so many different styles of events you can do and people love to go to events. Totally. Um, And we know so many people that in the nightlife world that need that self-care. And that's oh why, God, we, right? why we do this. And it's it's one thing to add yoga to a festival. Like that's where we've started with Paradiso. Like mm-hmm. we're going back there again. We've done it with other festivals. Like, okay, cool. There's a yoga class. That's an hour, maybe uh, a couple classes a day for two days that's there. But like that doesn't really like fully draw everyone in. It's kind of these passerbys that are like, oh, yoga. Or like, okay, cool. I can do yoga. But like how do we curate more where it becomes more of this mm-hmm. – I don't know self-awareness is taking care of yourself um and i'm realizing that if you want to continue raving <laughs> or partying or whatever variation like how can you take care of yourself along the way absolutely
0: mm-hmm. yeah part of it, it would be it would be twofold just like with our teacher trainings we will teach you we will provide for you we will hold space for you and then we will teach you how to do that for yourself so it'd be kind of the same idea like all right baby yogis, (laughs) we'll we'll cradle you along, but we're also going to give you some tools so that when we're not around, you can access that and go, okay, I remember this. And and how can I be nurturing and loving Mm -hmm. and accepting? And it might have nothing to do with warrior two or a handstand, right? (laughs) And maybe no physical asana at all, depending on what the event is. We've had plenty of festivals. We were like, they do not need to be doing any type of physical yoga right now they need to sit they need to lay on their back they need mm-hmm. to hear us talk and hold the space sometimes they literally are just around us while we're doing acro in a really like loving mm-hmm. connected slow way and they're watching and you can tell like that is giving something to them that's like they were a
3: meditation for. for them yeah a exactly. slowing down exactly that's beautiful i i can't wait for everything Sky's that you have to come and <laughs> i know that you mentioned that there is so much more to both of you than yoga. And you have all of these other interests and passions that you're wanting to talk about and spread the word. So I'm curious to hear from both of you. What would each of you say is probably the least known passion that you have?
2: You go first. Oh, really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know what the least known passion I mean, You could have more than one. As, I have a few. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's like these random ones bobbing around. One of them would be that I love succulents. You do. Ooh. But that's not really like a passion. I mean, I guess it kind of is. You're
0: pretty obsessive. I would say you're passionate. i just obsessive in general. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just personality though. But
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I tend to tend to like succulents. I think that's kind of part of if we had this ability to be at home all of the time. Hmm. I could spend more time like creating that type of thing in my own way, like, because it's like meditative in some way for me. Can
0: I to- interject and say yeah. that it's less about succulence and more about the growing and nurturing of? things because like you loved growing mushrooms you you would love to have a whole garden like you want to grow vegetables so i think it's yeah the succulents are definitely like your starting point so and you think they're very pretty i
1: agree but i like i'm definitely drawn to succulents the most and Mm -hmm. the idea is more that they require less care now in some (laughs) ways that's actually bad like i have a gardenia that like it looks wilted when it needs water Mm -hmm. and it's really easy to water it and like you just do these things where it's like certain succulents, it's like wait have i watered that I watered it a week and a half ago, I think. Or was that two and a half weeks ago? Like, Ooh. I have no idea. And the next thing you know, you water it and it's dead. And you're like, ah, shit. <laughs> so uh, I think that would be one thing is, but I guess she's got a good point, is that I, I like to nurture things in general. Mm-hmm. And so um, I tend to do that a lot with individuals, I think. Yeah. It's like part of why I'm doing this podcast, but I guess it's not really a lesser known one. But I guess that that nurturing delves way beyond just Uh, humans and goes into plants Mm. and animals.
0: And
2: animals too, yeah. Yeah. With my doge. My big
1: old doge down here. You guys might have heard him kind of give a little growl way earlier in the start of the podcast. (laughs) He's very vocal.
2: Yeah. He's cute. What about you, babe? That's
0: neat. Yeah, Antonella. Ooh, wow. So I have a few. I would say cooking is pretty high up on my faves, mm. but I actually don't cook Italian food. But mm. it's because <laughs> yeah. gluten, no gluten, dairy, no but. dairy. You would if you could. Yeah, that's true. I do enjoy cooking. Like it fills something up in me that is the mommy nurture mm. side. I love cooking food for people. I love how their faces light up when I when especially if it's like of service, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I made this for you. It feels really nice. I love surprising friends who um, don't have dietary issues. I love surprising them with gluten-free, dairy-free deliciousness and have them be like, oh, this is good. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So that's fun to me. You can eat this other thing. Yeah. And that's part of why I think having a YouTube channel at one point that has a, a portion that's dedicated to that would be really fun. Jordan and I uh, love grocery shopping together. It's literally one of our dates. We literally we never do it alone. We always grocery shop together. Wow. And it's an adventure, but it's fun. We like to find interesting different things to work with, mm-hmm. different foods. We used to cook together a lot, not as much anymore. Time-wise, it's a lot more he's working on something while I'm cooking and mm-hmm. we don't really get in the kitchen together much anymore, which I miss. I think I should be on our to-do list. Try to dedicate like one meal a week that we like prep and plan and and do together Mm -hmm.
1: um well we had always we had talked way back in the day about doing uh video stuff well yeah that's for that.
0: that i would like to do that at one point i think and, that would be really fun to share with and people. that way
1: we like because i mean the biggest thing about everything we do is we're trying to combine so many different things when yeah. I mean, you're asking <gasps> us things! you're asking us about a specific <laughs> <Okay>. yeah, <laughs> i
2: get that and all that's all just kind
1: of life these days is you have to do all the things because there's so many things to do and to feel fulfilled <laughs> you want to do all of them
2: well, so and my... so we
1: just try to find things that like, what things can we do that check off multiple boxes?
2: Yeah, and those I love are the that. ones
1: that we have to do the most of. Because if it checks off, you know, three different boxes mm-hmm. instead of just one, then I am personally am going to feel the most productive about what that happens. So, if like we get to set up a camera and we record it, and it not only checks off the box of us hanging out together it checks off the box of us cooking together and then mm-hmm. it also checks off the box of you know being our youtube channel multi-purpose
0: tools yeah. in our toolbox yeah another super secret not secret but just something people might not know you guys just
1: don't tell anyone it's super it's secret super
3: secret
0: it's super and it's secret. so cliche that i don't even want to say it but i want to learn how to dj <laughs> that's awesome no it's so cliche like everyone wants to be a fucking dj of course i want to be a dj but there's a purpose behind it oh so. you know okay that makes you feel better <laughs> so there's a few reasons one i think jordan's an excellent yoga teacher and there's times where we want to have the music but i have to just do all the teaching mm-hmm. i would love for us to be able to co-teach and be able to trade back and forth so i go take over the music while he's teaching and then we can make it a back and forth thing that's one reason another Another aspect to it is I've just fallen in love with music. Like, the last few mm-hmm. years has been this awesome adventure. And
1: I showed her what's good. I oh, l- yeah.
0: <laughs> I Sometimes I find even stuff before you know that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I, uh, I like... Um, yeah i like the idea just like like, like curating a class and absolutely putting a sequence together of yoga i would love to be able to do that myself and it's sitting right in our fucking living room staring at me every day and it's just a matter of like taking the time and part of it is we're always together and i kind of feel like i need to do it when he's not around mm. at first so that i if i i can just like not worry about him mansplaining anything and i can just like <laughs> t- like, like just fuck with it myself and yeah and, and not be embarrassed and i know that's silly to be embarrassed in after all we've been through about anything in front of you but i think that's part of it and so he took me through a few like um tutorial like he taught me some things and that was nice. just like feverishly taking notes so i've got all my notes i just have to go back through it
1: maybe we'll buy you like a beginner's course to DJing. i have a couple websites today that, that I, would be great that i've gotten emails from i actually woke up to an email this morning i read this like thing it's like digital dj tips and it's been this website that's been around forever and i've always checked it out but i've never purchased anything mm-hmm. always been like oh it'd be kind of cool to like purchase these like extra tips and stuff i was like fuck it and then i just checked my email this morning and it said someone's name that i recognized and i was like what and i like watched the interview and it's this guy that i met like seven years ago in the rave world and like still semi in contact and he started wow. like killing it as a dj nice. yeah and he's like your age um yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry. The, the way you took that you, that. you always laugh at <laughs> oh, Like your age. <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah, so it, it was just cool to see that. And he was like, yeah, when I was first starting out, it was super helpful to like take all the garbage that I had kind of learned or thought I learned and mm-hmm. throw it away and be like, start brand new and give you some I tips. I learn
0: well that way too. Exactly. I think that's definitely my learning style. Mm-hmm. For, for me right now, it's, and I know this sounds like a stupid excuse, but we just have so many things that we're trying to do to keep this business afloat and not even thrive yet like once we get to a thriving point then I can allot time to be like this is self study that I'm going to learn you know work on this or work on that and um, eventually when we can afford to pay people to do the little stuff that is really time consuming then I'll be able to step aside and work on more of the creative aspects that will really make this all shoot through the roof Mm -hmm. Um, and
1: and she'll figure it out but like right now like
0: I don't think it sounds
1: like a stupid excuse at all
3: You have a lot of irons in the fire. And like Jordan was saying, this idea that I love of, well, first of all, it's so exciting and inspiring to me that you are both such passionate people and you have so many things that you want to do because sometimes it's hard for people to even have one thing that they want to do, right? And so I like what you said, Jordan, about kind of I'm getting this sense that if there's a way to like... Okay, if you have all these ideas in your head, a way to prioritize them is to think about which item checks off a lot of boxes. Right? And I lo- yeah. I love that you said that. Like it's like it would be fun and it would like move the business forward and it would be fulfilling and
1: yeah, more than just like, well, I want to do this because I don't know, I want to get in better shape or something. It's like, "All right, well, it is getting like your abs for summer just so that you can show them off to people." Or is mm-hmm. getting abs in summer like more about eating healthy and becoming more physically aware and how that makes you feel better. And so it's like, how can you make something check off more boxes? Totally.
3: And, um, Antonella, you mentioned that you were, uh, there's been a past few years where you've had this like incredible journey with music and discovery with music. And I know that we had someone that actually asked a question off the internet. Off the interweb. And let me pull that up. So I guess a question for both of you is wanna... tell me more. Tell <laughs> me more about your relationship with music. And it's pretty open-ended. So yeah. whatever
0: your soul wants to speak out. Do you want me to start from the beginning? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> My musical journey's been really intriguing, I think. Ooh. Because I I've always loved music, but it's been a lot of different types of music. And I was brought up in a household of, I mean, I'm just going to age myself real quick. I'm 41 and a half. So in I. In her prime. In my prime. In my sexual prime. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's later. Um, I was brought up with. Um, my dad's musical influence, which was fantastic, uh, everything from Van Morrison to Fleetwood Mac oh, to the Beatles. Mac. To I mean, I've just had like a great musical experience. Mm. I think growing up, and then in high school. Back in the day, I found The Grateful Dead Mm. and I got to go see Jerry Garcia, the last Seattle show before he passed with my brother and a whole crew of friends. And that was life changing. Wow! I really uh, realized my hippie heart when I was there (laughs) and I just felt so connected to everyone around. Um, Another really influential show um, I saw... um, Fleetwood Mac and Crosby Stills and Nash at the Gorge when I was 16 years old oh my (laughs) god right so like those were huge those were huge at the Gorge yes (laughs) we were a bunch of 16 year olds everyone there was like over 40 and they were like who what how do you guys even know what this music is and I was like this is my jam I loved it at the time like just those types of Mm, sounds and mm-hmm. words were just what I needed, and mm. they just like, ugh, they were everything. <laughs> they were everything, and they stayed with me for a long time. Through, you know, when you start to, when you're in other relationships, your, oh, yeah. your interests start to shift. So, when I married the kids' dad, he was very into country. So then I went through mm. this weird country spell that was always a bit odd for me. I never really like connected with the country music listening culture and the people that go to those shows. That was always uh, not really my vibe, but there's some of the classic country that I could get Mm -hmm. down with. And again, it was sort of out of like the humor of some of the ridiculous lyrics I thought was quite (laughs) funny. And then uh, for me, music in the last 10 years has always been about my kids, us in the car. They're in charge of the iPod or the music playing and they're Mm -hmm. playing they like a lot of the oldies that I like and so it's a lot of like belting out lyrics in the car very like singable type of stuff and so I I really hadn't experienced the electronic world at all Mm. until I met Jordan little bits actually I didn't even know that I had except for he was in one of my yoga classes and he was like oh like this set that you put together for the yoga class like had these elements and I didn't even know what those elements were so that was
1: do you remember blackmail
3: oh
0: yeah (laughs) so
1: she was like playing blackmail like melodic dubstep Mm. stuff and I'm sitting there like yo (laughs)
0: yes he's like perfect yoga jams yeah and I didn't know what that style was or anything I just had found it and like didn't put it in and and so then he started to introduce me more and more to that world and and the amazingness of people in it and i don't know it was fairly recently that we were talking about genres which genres are so weird but i was like i don't really know what my favorite genre is like i keep thinking i know what it is and then it then we go to a different show or a different experience mm. i'm like no this is the one like oh no i love <laughs> trance and like oh no 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 i love like yeah it just changes a lot
1: and that's where like so to tie it back into something i was going to say earlier like learning how to DJ is easy. Mm -hmm. Now, given the technology that we have and Mm
2: -hmm. the,
1: the the ease of it all, DJing is pretty fucking easy. Now to first learn is a little complicated, but once you get it simple. Mm -hmm. So the idea is like the curation that you talked about earlier. You have to use the experiences of your musical journey throughout life to then curate what styles you like that fit you best Mm -hmm. and put those in something. And so,
0: but it's so set and setting. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, It depends on the set and setting. I don't know. Like, but you have to find
1: the music. <laughs> yeah. So that's the mm-hmm. thing is you have to have out. enough music from these several different genres. Right. That you can find the set and setting that works well. Like I ended up playing more of a trance progressive set when we went to um, Arizona for the Um, Walter yoga thing Mm -hmm. and then for this most silent or for the uh, the monkey loft one that we just did like played super like chill weird techno so 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 the difference is like it, it doesn't matter like you said genres are definitely weird and it's just like find what what um small section of that that you mm-hmm. like. They're called like subgenres. Mm. So find your specific subgenre and that subgenre can shift. Like lots yeah. of DJs go hashtag fuck genres mm-hmm. for that reason. If it's like, yeah, if I'm you down like with it, that hashtag, and you can make it fit your style, then yeah. make it fit. It doesn't matter if it's trance or house or progressive or techno, like whatever it is, include it because it speaks to you. And so like, that's the biggest key I can give you as an aspiring DJ. It's like, think less about learning how to transition and focus more on creating and curating music so that when you go and play that music you know where the drops are you know where the builds are you know where things are coming together so that you can then start to use your creativity to blend them rather Mm. than being like hey Jordan can you show me two techno songs and transition (laughs) them together like everything's going to be different
3: yeah yeah because I imagine that that muscle will become like riding a bike yeah but it's your
0: the content relationship
3: with the music your knowledge of the music that then is what has to really become second nature
0: well and the passion for it like i remember the exact moment when the passion like hit and Mm. it was at my first festival which was 2015 uh, my first festival was Shambhala. Oh, that was your first festival? <laughs> yeah. And my first Woo! festival told experience. You. I told you. I
1: bring her to everything good.
0: My wow. first festival experience was a 10-hour straight Dirty Bird takeover on what stage was that pagoda Whoa. stage will mm-hmm. you tell her what the like setup was for the I pagoda don't even remember stage?
1: specifically who the, are you asking people no, was the,
0: the speaker setup
1: so it was all PK sound which is like what usually gets played for like the huge dubstep shows like insanely heavy <laughs> bass like it
2: like people amazing. people like say like
1: everyone has their specific things but the names that people recognize the most people think like function one like mm-hmm. function one mm-hmm. is like those club speakers that are yeah like fucking primo like Q has a function one and people lose their shit over it. Now, arguably, there are better speakers, but that's the most well known, like, preem sound. And, like, kind of the same thing with PK sound. Like, PK sound is that, like, traveling festival sound that's just absurd. Unreal. Mm. And
0: I know at one point, Jordan and Curtis are like, let's go on an adventure. Let's go here. And I'm like, I don't want to move. Like, I want to stay here and dance for 10 hours straight, because it was so good. Mm. And it was like, I think maybe 2 or 3 in the morning, and Shiba-san just had this Moment that got to me still. It's like twelve thirty. Oh, was it that early? Yeah. Really? I don't know. It felt we had been there for hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he went a little weird, and he had like brought in some like boom, and then like a um, the an flight attendant over a talking airplane. over the sneeze and Jordan's <laughs> just like on the ground, just like oh my god, and I was like, what is he? What are these noises that are happening? Right, it was unbelievable, and <sighs> so that was that was a big. Like that got me. I was like, "All right, I'm in. Whatever festival you want to go to, like, take me. I want to hear the music. I want to see this." And and it was, a part of it is when you get, that crew of people who are all, oh yeah. you know, you're like nine, ten hours where they're all playing off of each other and building perfectly. Like that was, whew, it was epic. And so that that's, sounds
1: amazing. That's part of it is the DJing, but mm-hmm. like, that's where nowadays which is why we have this studio in the first place mm-hmm. is because production is what it takes to be anything more. Mm-hmm. And, That's not a 100% statement, but in order to like really succeed, chances are you probably have to produce your own music. And so I've put in some time, but not nearly enough. And obviously, because we have so many irons in the fire, that's another thing that she's talked about that I think she would be fantastic at is getting here in the studio. Because that creativity, she has a ton of creativity. She's great at art. Like her creative brain is always working. So it would be, you know, how do we learn to pop her into the studio as well to kind of I want to make music I love that I
0: love that yeah that one's a lot
1: harder than learning to DJ though
0: I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure but like he gave me that he gave me a whole world of music that I didn't even really know existed and then I try to give back by Pulling out the iPad and being like, "Look at this video from
2: 1981." <laughs> video kid, exactly. Star.
0: And I'm showing him like songs and videos that he didn't, he's never seen, he didn't know existed. And so I'm like, "All right, we can educate each other in, yeah. in little ways." Because I think one thing that's missing from some of your sets is some randomly overlaid throwbacks. But
1: that, see, that's not me. And so she always yeah. says that, and I, I always hear it. Other people say it, yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm. That's not me.
0: I, I, I think that there's a few throwbacks that you sure, would quite but, like.
1: Sure, but, but adding throwbacks into my electronic music isn't what gets me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some, so that's the hard thing is because I totally i am on the same page as you, Lauren, but stuff like... Um, mm-hmm. Oh, what is it?
0: When you played "Personal Jesus" that's at was, Showbox, that's, that's, that's that was, was fucking amazing. So, so that's what I'm Eric talking Pritz's about. Eric remix
1: of "Personal Jesus." When you're like at EDC and that gets oh, played, yeah. you're like, So
0: that's what I mean by throwback. Though,
1: so the difference is like the throwback that comes as a production. So it's one thing to find a throwback. But remember when you and I looked for a bunch of throwbacks and you just found trash and you found like I
0: one found or a two songs. Good ones. You that's found- what I'm saying. Make them.
1: Well, sure. Make but them and but put that's them the thing, it's like I don't have that old repertoire mm. of things that I like and I know and I like am not at a point where I can just grab a song and like remix it really quick. Like I'm still learning. Let's
2: do that together. Yeah,
1: for sure. But this is all like future stuff. So I get it. It's like people have been telling me since I first started DJing, especially my mom. Can you remix this track for me? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) yeah. Let me just throw it in the studio really quick and actually make it sound good. Like, no, I can't even make an original. And if (laughs) I can't make an original, like I'm not going to make something that I'm proud enough to like... Send well, you it definitely
0: out. can't make an original if you're saying you can't make an original.
1: Not yet, <laughs> but it's because I don't spend the time. Yeah, and so that's where, like, again, getting back to this, if we get our stuff going, then we can spend more time.
3: I totally believe in you guys, and okay. I, I do too. I know that when you are with <laughs> the person that you, you know, are creating amazing events with, it's easy to kind of kind of get that like oh like you know like sort of that anxiety about it and whatnot but like I totally believe in you both and you got this that's me and my anxiety level
2: is you know always. like yeah I, and I, I, I'm like I, let's just like, do it that's one of the hard parts
3: <laughs> about being with creatives I feel like mm-hmm. when like all of us get together it's sort of this like oh, I'm really excited to hear what you're doing, but then you like get more ideas and then you put all this pressure on yourself and it just gets out of control. But, yeah,
0: you're like, I told people I was going to do this and I haven't done it yet. So <laughs> well, that's, yeah. like,
1: well, that's like what we talked about when we had you as a guest on the podcast, talking mm-hmm. about synergy. Like, And Antonella brought up the fact that I had had this podcast idea for like a year before I ever even started it and that's where we get back to talking about starting a YouTube channel like mm-hmm. I'm not going to start a YouTube channel until I have like a really nice camera or a setup that I feel like I'm happy with otherwise mm-hmm. I'm just going to be critiquing the way it looks the well, way it sounds. Well in the time
0: to where we're not running around trying to just pay bills so that we can actually like take the time to put out really good content mm-hmm. and have it be re- recurring so that mm-hmm. subscribers are getting it in a timely fashion and because I know there's a few things that we subscribe to that if they like miss a week or. like wait what it's Thursday why isn't it out (laughs) but so I think that's important
3: I think you guys are killing it so far and Jordan I'm so curious we got to hear about Antonella's musical journey and I I know that like I because I met I met you before I met Antonella and I know we were at a lot of the same events and things like that and so take me back and you're kind of
2: Take her, take with her music. back to Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Phil Collins,
1: Sting, Enya. Fuck that yeah. was my yeah. childhood <laughs> growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like my mom and dad always listened to that. My dad always listened to smooth jazz. No,
3: oh, my dad, me smooth too. Smooth what was it
1: like? What is it uh, like? Uh, it's like 80-
3: 97 point or 80 98.7? Uh, yeah. yes, yes. yes 98.7 smooth jazz
0: <laughs> yes good shit can you say that like like a radio voice no, no. 98.7 smooth jazz <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well,
1: wasn't it like KWJZ oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I used to listen to that on a purple tiny like Radio All every nice. night before I'd go to bed. Nice. Anyways, that's my own personal anecdote. Jordan, please yeah.
1: regale us. <laughs> great, I, I love like it. Smooth jazz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh and my mom has always been obsessed with sound uh in her weird, funny, quirky way. But like she was always loved having a sound system in the car. And so Ooh, we would like your she, mom. Oh yeah. Yeah, the
3: cool mom. Hardcore.
1: Yeah. She's so obsessed. Like our suburban has like a full system put in it with like a little subwoofer and like surround sound speakers and she adores that thing. And for Christmas, like five years ago, my dad bought my mom like dual 10 inch subwoofers and a full like expensive (laughs) sound kit for her, for her BMW. (laughs) Yeah. Cause back in the day she would just like blast it. She would be in the car and she would just like blasting like the breakdown and in the air tonight. Like everyone knows, but it would be like so loud and I'd be like,
2: sweet This
1: little kid just like so down for really loud music. And um, yeah. And then, I don't know i got into my angsty years and lincoln park and mm-hmm. limp biscuit and kind of all the the crazy rock and papa roach and stuff and that was kind of my papa high school roach. years yeah right
3: <laughs> what was his biggest hit it uh, was like that music video? cut my
1: life into pieces or whatever <laughs> what?
3: last, resort. I I last resort this is yes. my oh, I that. No breathing. <laughs> sorry guys
1: Whew. good times.
3: Continue. <laughs> Love, it. Love uh, it.
1: so yeah, I just kind of went rock for that and then went off to college and was kind of like lost in what I really liked. Mm-hmm. I was like like some friends really liked hip hop and I kind of listened to some like rap here and there. Um I kind of liked, I don't know, best way to describe it, more like southern gangster rap. It was pretty funny. This was a weird <laughs> it was a weird time in my life. <laughs> Uh, but then that was, was
3: like when Lil Wayne was like getting yes. really popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we, used to, we used to roll around and just roll a couple blunts and just roll around in my buddy's new car and just like <laughs> smoke blunts, listening to Lil Wayne albums. <laughs> it's good times.
3: <laughs> I'm having flashbacks.
1: Yeah, right. So um, and then I was in college and this buddy was super into electronic music and I'd never really heard any of it and he was kind of showing me some of it. Um, do you remember Jack Wob? Oh like we It was like
3: there's like, we, was mean, like, there was like oh, Ellie
1: Golding and there was a, a Jack Walb remix of this Ellie Golding track, uh lights, I think it was. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. it was like some of the early dub stuff. Yeah. And so I found like some, gold
3: dust and yeah, like that yeah. flux and yep, stuff. Yep.
1: So I was like listening to some of that that I just like kind of found randomly and I was listening to like liquid drum and bass, like oh. liquidity stuff. Like oh. and this was like two thousand eight, I think. Yeah. Um and so I was just kind of like, "Oh, this stuff's kind of cool," but I like didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And then my buddy was like, "Have you heard of Dead Mouse?" And I was like, mm. "No." And he's like, "Well, I'm making these helmets," and he like showed me how to make a helmet. And he was like, "Come do the project with me," and we'll like go see him together. And I was like, "All right, sure, why not?" Oh, so I had never really heard any Dead Mouse. I go over to his house, and he had an extra pair of everything that I needed, and it was these big hamster wheels and these big <laughs> hamster balls. <laughs> And I go over there, and he starts playing Dead Mouse. I'm like, "All right, cool." And he has like all the materials, and we start making the ears, and we have the lights, and the mask that's open. And so this is 2009, and I make my my first Dead Mouse mask without like having ever really experienced. And he took me and some other friends down to LA. Who
0: was this? Danny
1: Silva. Oh, went to his wedding. yeah. Yeah, Danny, nice. And on the way down we're in Connor's car and Connor starts blasting strobe and it had just come out and I had never heard this song before. And I was like, we're smoking a blunt (sighs) driving down South. And I'm like, dude, fuck. Yeah. This is so good. Like this is my style. And we Mm. ended up, um, we got down to LA and I had never been to a show before. He introduced me to like all these new people that I had never experienced anything from. And I had bought an extra ticket for my best friend, Ty who was my roommate the year before and he bailed last minute. So I hit up my buddy in Santa Barbara, Curtis, and was like, Yo, yeah,
2: Kurt. just come
1: <laughs> to this show with me. And so Curtis wow. came to the show with me. I'll get more into that later. But, and I then, was
0: with Curtis at my Chris show. Yeah. <gasps> wow. So Curtis is like Special. one of my original best friends from back mm. home
1: here. And uh, yeah, he's my rave he's buddy. Like amazing. Him and I have been to so many shows together. But so we end up going see- and seeing, it was Halloween in 2009
3: and you had the freaking dead mouse and
1: him and i both had heads and there were like uh, maybe two or three other people there that had heads but this was like before anyone like had really done it and i didn't know what i was doing and then i show up there and i'm like oh my fucking god this dude has the same head that we're wearing (laughs) but way fucking sicker (laughs) and i yeah we can
3: you see out of it
1: yeah. So the big mouth is like mesh. So it's like oh, black mesh. So it's teary. hard to see in, but I can see Gulls. out of it. And then the eyes are lights. And so they they were just like push button like lights that you put in your closet. How
3: many people wanted to take a picture with you? Oh my God. Everyone.
1: <laughs> everyone. And so the two of us were just running around with like our helmets on. And like, oh! This is so cool. And then um I remember like that was just the greatest show ever. Dead
3: mouse and who else? Uh,
1: I th- I'm trying to remember who was there. Um oh, um what was it that uh i'm trying to think the song is like one two three whoop whoop uh <laughs> shit it's like oh, really yeah, old uh, bloody beetroots
3: bloody beetroots yeah. and so Holy my buddy fuck. was
1: obsessed with bloody beetroots and like i i think skrillex might have been there Whoa. i don't remember for sure but like that was my first that experience with like two different stages huge crazy ridiculousness just like nonsense what venue uh i don't remember what the venue was it was like right near um the uh the la school the trojans oh usc usc so it was right by usc okay um yeah i don't remember specific they don't really use the haunted. venue anymore but it was a hard haunted so it was, it was a hard event it was hard haunted la so i go see that and like Blew my mind. Dead mouse played strobe. Like oh, you're
3: like sold. Full minute ten minutes strobe.
1: Life. Like that. You know that like tears emotion. Like oh, holy yeah. shit. This is like the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Oh. And we go back later that night. We're like about to go to bed, and Danny or er, no, it was like we leave from the venue, and we got handed a flyer, and it was like tomorrow night, which was actually Halloween night was Monster Massive in LA and Armin was headlining. So Danny's like, we should go to this. I'm like, dude, I don't know. This just blew my mind. He's like, like, no, we're going. So the next night I go and see Armin for my first experience ever, along with like a ton of other huge people. And still to this day, like other than like, have you been to EDC? Yes. So, you know, EDC main stage where it's like super wide, but also like packed. Mm -hmm. Now, when we the one we went to was at the LA Coliseum. But think about all that width compacted down, like half the width and really long. Ooh. And there were speakers and screens, like four different ones all the way back. So you could be like pretty far back and still feel like you were pretty close because there were big tower oh. speakers. Saw a bunch of people, saw Armin, and that's when I was like, holy shit, trans. Like I'd always oh, loved yeah. and that's where like progressive was always kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. I still love progressive a ton. That's kind of like the 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 building blocks of everything I like like I like progressive techno I like progressive house I like progressive trance like oh yeah builds that vibe but so then it then from there like it just exploded I was down in Santa Clara I was near all these festivals like I started working at this uh, startup company and all of my extra money went towards festivals like going to festivals experiencing everything I could then I went to like EDC, the last one at the LA Coliseum.
3: Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was looking at your poster.
1: Yeah. So I like still have that original like last year of EDC. I'm going to
3: chime in here. They have an original uh, EDC poster. And this is what from the last year, 2010? Yeah, or no. 2010. It was the last year in yeah. frame that LA. And it up, it's yeah. framed. Yeah. And oh, over there. Yeah. yeah. I love it because it says two days, six massive stages, 150 plus artists and performers, thousands of beautiful people
2: yeah <laughs> it's a good
1: awesome. one insomniac throwback and Anyways, then continue so god yes yeah, so many fucking stories but so I remember, you went to
3: school in california
1: yeah so i went to santa clara university oh, which is in okay. san jose area so it was right. like it was a four-hour drive to la just oh. like totally not bad at all um and then um i remember Another one of my best memories was the next like big show I went to. I didn't really go to any of other big ones. I had a bunch of friends who were throwing little parties, so I went to mm-hmm. those, met a bunch of people, helped promote down there. Mm. Um, and then we went to EDC and first day was crazy. Oh my God. First night was Dead Mouse again.
2: Oh crazy. Wow. So I saw
1: Dead Mouse Friday night of EDC with Danny, and it was like, fucking amazing. <laughs> Then the next night was Armin.
0: Oh, no way. What?
1: So then I, and then bef- right before Armin was Above and Beyond. Oh,
2: geez. So then I experienced Wait, Above before and Beyond. Armin?
1: Yeah. So it was, ab- <laughs> it was Above and Beyond into Armin. And this is
3: what? 2000? 2000, 2010. To- 2010.
1: It was a, that one, yeah. So Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> that, and so I remember like at that moment being like, I looked at Dave and I was like, someday we're going to become DJs and we're going to open for Above and Beyond. And I literally said that at ADC. I was like, that's going to fucking happen. And then what was it, 2014 that it actually happened? We got to open for Above and Beyond at Showbox. Yeah. Bonkers. But um,
2: so, Whoa. yeah, I remember
1: it was we, that second day. We were in line to get into main stage. We were 50 people, like give or take, from walking in the main entrance of the LA Coliseum and they shut it down. They were like, it's full. We can't fit anyone else in no. here capacity. And we stood no. there for like an hour and like everyone was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like they're not going to let anyone else in. And Dave and I were the only ones that were 21 out of our whole crew. So Dave and I went, bought VIP upgrades for a hundred bucks a piece Smart. and went down in stage and just You're had like,
3: this ya,
2: VIP experience <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and saw like, well, I think it's Benny Benassi into, <gasps> uh, into uh, Above and Beyond into Armin, And it was just wow. like. Again, another one of those like, holy shit, this is it. Like, this is the vibes I want. I met Max at that EDC. Mm. Like, it was just, I met so many people. I was like, this is the world I want to be a part of. Oh, yeah. And kind of of just continued from there. But where I was going to get all the way back to this, we'll skip a bunch of that craziness of where I got here and switching from being obsessed with trance and then getting into house music and then now into techno. Like, that's all just its own progression. But what's so cool, I guess a couple things. Uh on the 6 year anniversary of me seeing Dead Mouse on Halloween, I saw Dead Mouse at Tacoma Dome for um whatever the freak night. So I got to see that. And then now we're coming up on 8 year reunion. Is it no, it 10 years. Nine year of 2009. Oh, mm. but it's not quite cuz we're not all the way to Halloween, but going to see Dead Mouse on Friday night at the Paradiso and mm. then Armin on Saturday night of the Paradiso.
0: So do, they, like, do they plan that I don't know <laughs> they, they must know about Jordan but then, that yeah, like right? combination
1: so I'm like really excited to go to Paradiso just because I think the lineup's actually fantastic this year and yeah. I'm so much different now mm. and I my tastes are so much different but like I still have a soft spot for Dead Mouse and Armin so I'm really excited I think was
3: it the first year of Paradiso that was also Dead Mouse and then Armin Maybe or, did I, or no, it was Tiësto and Armin. Yeah, or Tiësto and Deadmau5. I can't remember. I don't know. I
1: know they all blur together. I've yeah. been to so many <laughs> shows. Wait. The amount of money I've spent on raves, and that's why it's kind of like now, like we're we're in a place where we have services we can offer in order to go to these festivals, which helps because I'm at the point like I can't do all of them. Like you just yeah. went to Movement,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and which I've heard such great things about. You'd love it. And we just kind of in our philosophy of things right now, we're like. Unless we're teaching at it, we shouldn't go.
0: Yeah, budget-wise, we've kind of had to switch gears over to either we... If we really, really want to go to it, we're willing to trade out services Mm -hmm. for entry and camping. If we're like, yeah, that'd be cool, but I probably wouldn't pay for it on my own, then we want all of that, plus we want to get paid. (laughs) So that's kind of where we're at and why we're a lot pickier now about festivals if we are doing anything for free meaning like in exchange for tickets and accommodations um it's only because we really really want to support that like like if it's a local smaller thing and we are super excited to just be involved in the inception of it and then we're totally down for it but like our schedule's insane from may through mid-november right now every single weekend is packed full of goodness which is awesome but it just means that we uh we don't get to go to everything and we can't yeah. afford to go to everything we're just trying to try to pay the bills yeah, yeah. like we had to
1: cancel bernie man this year yeah. it was just financially not affordable
0: that Was sad
1: but bernie man's one of those the part of why i love bernie man so bad is that everyone who goes no one's getting paid yeah. You got mm-hmm. someone going there Everyone's like Skrillex who gets paid hundred plus thousand dollars a gig and is going like, no, I'm going to go to Burning Man and play for free. Yeah. You're like, yeah. okay,
0: sweet. Everybody's contributing. So yeah. that's where
1: like, I'd love to get to that point someday soon of where like, we're, you know, doing things well enough that we're like, All right, we can go do this.
3: Yeah. You totally will. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear from both of you, maybe what, what festival, surprised you the most or maybe was ended up being one that maybe you enjoyed a lot that you were kind of like, Oh, like I'm excited, but mm, I'm not really. Yeah. And then some, or maybe a festival that just blew you away. You had no idea you were going to have that good of a time at that.
0: Interesting. Anything? Yeah. Um, I've got a couple, I would say dirty bird camp out surprised me the most. Oh, for sure. Like I knew I was going to love the music cause mm-hmm. I love Dirty Bird weirdness, and I just think... Especially after Shambhala. They always bring really (laughs) fun people. Yeah, that was just like my inception of it. Yeah, But the the type of festival they have put together, the gathering they've put together, nobody else is doing. It's Mm. so much fun, especially... Like, we just go, the two of us, but I would love to rally a whole crew of friends this year because I think it'd be even more fun if you bring your whole squad. It's just different. Like, a lot of festivals... From a female perspective, like, I don't know. It's, like, a lot of nakedness and, like, (laughs) ravey clothing, which is fine. But, like, the mommy in me gets a little, like, girl, you're, like. 18 and you're on drugs. Can you cover that shit up so that somebody doesn't take advantage of you? Like I get sort of in mommy mode. But oh, yeah. they like people are dressed as a giant banana. They're dressed as a <laughs> camp counselor. They're 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 literally like the clothing is outrageous and it's so funny. It's a lot more costumey than Ravey, which I, I like love. That. I love it. It's and there's a ton of games and games. all the DJs are on your level. Like they're not just there to show up and and play music and leave. They're there to play f- like frisbee with you and to do like a uh, water balloon toss and they're like there oh, to I love take part which is so cool it just feels fantastic so that one blew me away the most to the point that we've gone to everyone now well, sounds like, <laughs> summer it's totally it's like summer camp it's totally like it's totally yeah like camp. summer camp with so festival
3: vibes it's so and good. awesome music plus
0: dirty bird like weirdness which yeah. i think is such a nice like thing it's just such an accepting environment and then um the other one that surprised me was, which is so weird to say, but I'm just going to say it, Above and Beyond 250, A, B, G, T, 250. Oh, that surprised you. It did surprise me. Um, yeah. She never
1: experienced Above and Beyond in a festival, right? No, oh. Ever. <laughs> oh yeah, that was your first. A oh no, year? no,
0: sorry. We saw him, on we saw him, New him in LA. We saw him in L- on on yeah. New Year's Day in LA. You're right. Um, I don't know. I think there was a lot of apprehension for us both for that event. We were.
1: She's also experienced.
0: No, no. Let me finish. Okay. Totally different than what you're thinking. We uh, got this awesome, epic phone call. Uh, mm. The hour after the show was announced asking asking us to do the yoga for it and we were like oh my god this is the moment like we both cried we were like this is the moment like this is our dream to teach yoga at an event like this before of above and beyond like that's fucking mind no while
1: above and beyond is djing
0: like they (sighs) would be djing it was the sunday part and we were like yes we'll do it like so excited i spent lot of time kind of curating vibes and ideas and putting this whole package of like creativity together of like what we wanted people to experience outside of that. Like, yeah, we're going to teach a class, but we also want to have this like area where people can go if they just Mm. like, yeah. And then it, we found out via Facebook that <laughs> a Facebook announcement that someone else was teaching the class. Like, wow. and granted, she's a very um, wonderful yoga teacher that has a much larger following than us, and she's friends with them. So I get it, but to like find out about it that way, like two or three months into it, like it left a pretty rough spot for both of us. We were crushed, and so mm. it was like, of course, we were going to still go to the event, but it was hard for us because we were like, God. Yeah leading up to it the amount of people who tagged us on Facebook or asked us like oh you know are you teaching the yoga and we were like no because
1: we had taught at Paradiso before <laughs> yeah so like, was, well I thought hard. you
0: were teaching everyone, everyone thought
1: we
3: were
0: teaching so and even we, I was, we didn't
1: we didn't post that we did no we, were very we never announced it or anything confirmed yeah
0: but people just know us for that in this area so I think yeah. they just kind of assumed we never assumed and we, we brought were shocked the yoga when so in the
1: first place and so they're like yeah. if you do it with USC and you're their yoga people then you're gonna be there yeah. So it turned out that it was um, someone, and she did their um, Burning Man yoga set. So she had and already so established her a relationship, them.
2: and,
0: so and I she's totally also like get that business side. She's of also
1: her. super ambient and chill, mm-hmm, like yes. super chill. And their yoga set is like straight ambient. Mm-hmm. There's like no beat, no kick, nothing whatsoever, just ambient waves so, so i
0: kind of was going into that event thinking that it was going to be hard for me and not as enjoyable because mm-hmm. that was such a heartbreak and uh, and we were going to go anyway and we were going to try to enjoy it but like there was i don't hear anything Sorry, you're good oh, okay thank you and
1: there was there was also uh she had been to paradiso before mm. she'd been to the gorge for other stuff when she was younger she's been to sasquatch tons like of tons, yeah. so we've had all these experiences at the gorge, myself mm. included. So I'm just kind of relating that I feel you the same about ABGT250 because it was one of those like we've been here, we've experienced the gorge. Mm-hmm. We you have a general air of what to expect at the gorge. Like yeah. even if, even if not everything's the same, there's going to be obviously different people. But like there's still this air of outdoor festival it blew me away it was
0: fantastic and honestly Mm -hmm. more so even than the uh saturday was the sunday in juno and so that's
1: and so that's the real vibes and so like above and beyond has this curation of individuals that have grown with them and stayed with them forever and oh yeah the way they've evolved is through their Anjuna deep
2: like style of
1: things and that's i mean that that's in my opinion the general evolution of a raver like i've gone through this i've had this as like a workshop topic we've talked about it's like the life cycle of a raver you start off in the high energy intensity craziness and then you start to curate your specific style and you get more into like not necessarily chiller stuff but more like eclectic less high energy less intensive and more like still with that same emotion but like subdued emotion where like you can it's it's more of a journey of like ups and downs that are slow waves um i mean i guess we'll talk about like you can look at like sound waves like high end waves are super small waves and these low end waves are big sweeping waves and that's kind of like trance it's like these big breakdowns big explosions big like drops everything is just intense whereas it, everything kind of slows the waves down into I guess it speeds the waves up in a weird way. Never mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what was so cool is that we were surrounded by so many individuals that we knew who don't even necessarily listen to trance or aren't necessarily fans of trance in any way. Even people that like tough talk shit about trance
2: <laughs> were there yep. and
1: we all like, oh my God, this is so, so good. good. And so yeah. the vibes <laughs> there were just like stupid. Like oh, yeah. day two, we're just like.
0: And we even went to the yoga I was really proud of us. We went to the yoga. We 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 know the teacher through the yoga world, and so we went up and gave her a hug and said, "Have a great class." We were in her front row, and we like, I feel like I was really proud of us. Not just for the way we we embraced it, but like just I was really pleasantly surprised at the whole weekend. It was fantastic. Yeah, Yeah.
3: that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm trying to think of like any specifics for me of festivals that really blew me away. Um, I mean, every festival is so completely different. I think the two that she said were kind of the best ones, um, but one of the ones I was really excited that we got to at least experience once was what the festival.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back. Yeah,
1: and that's where like Shambhala for me was really cool. Loved the vibes, loved everything about it. But like Shambhala, just it wasn't totally my vibe.
3: Mm. Like, I love. Can you elaborate on that a little more? Because I've had so many people tell me that Shambhala is their favorite festival.
2: Mm-hmm. I I think a lot of it
1: comes down to genres. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, I'm very, very picky about what I like. And I think a lot of people are. Um, It just, like, the overall curation of stuff, there were so many different styles that everything's kind of open to everyone. And it Mm. was a cool, like, there was uh, a stage that was more, like, I don't know, like weird live acts. And then there was, you know, the bass heavy stage. And then there was the house stage. And then there was like the trippy psychedelic stage. And so they did a really good job with their different stages. But like the artists that they curate aren't specifically artists that like tickle my brainstem.
3: Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. Or feel.
1: And and it's it's yeah. not that it can't be amazing. It can be great. And some years they'll have specific showcases that you're like, okay, this is like my vibe. Um, I love the setting the people there were awesome um, and I hate to sound like uh, I don't know a prima donna in my own way but I've been to like so many festivals and in some ways the older the festival the less I like it
3: mm-hmm. I totally get that
1: it's like there's it's, that
3: like exciting like newness like novelty like everyone's in on this new
0: well, experience. And there's less people. And that, there's yeah. That
1: For novelty new also like radiates yeah. out to the festival throwers. Yes. And so they're, I think that's where they're
0: still in it. They're yeah. still enthused. Yeah. And
1: and not to like, there's no hate towards like bigger festivals. Like I would still love to take her to EDC. Yeah. I've never but like been. EDC's fucking mayhem. <sighs> Even the first year I went yeah, in 2010. Like what was it? A 16 year old girl died because she got trampled because like <sighs> it was just mayhem. And so it's just like, I, well, I think she died of an overdose, but like there was trampolines and stuff. Like it was just, so the, the bigger it gets, the more crazy chaotic it gets. And it's like, that's kind of to take it back a little weird way. Like at the underground, like we love to go to the underground cause it's never like sold out packed, mm-hmm. you know, even when it is sold out, like there's room to move around and everyone's like there because they love what's going on. They're not there because they're going to a they're a getting, nightclub that they're getting pulled into from outside yeah. because they want to go do bottle service. And, get yeah, and
3: they're all in VIP and right. et cetera,
1: et cetera. So that's where like the festival is kind of the same thing. Like I have like, to be completely honest, I really have like zero desire to go back to Coachella. Like, sure, there's always some crazy artists. Like, it'd be sweet to go experience it all again. But, like, mm-hmm. the prima donna in me is, like, I'm not going to go experience this festival again unless I'm going all-access VIP because I'm you know, teaching here or because we're going to ball out and fly in on a helicopter to EDC. Like, I just <laughs> I can't deal with the chaos and nonsense versus these, like, smaller Breach. festivals. Like, the people that are there are there because they want to be there.
0: Well, and can I just kind of touch back on what you said Mm -hmm. you kind of touched on what the festival and what's interesting to me is that you kind of uh said that the music didn't really grab you as much as shambhala but i would say that similar what the fest like there was some good music but there wasn't anybody they were like Mm -hmm. oh dying about but Mm. the difference is what the fest was much smaller Mm. the ease of getting in night and day shambhala was Fucking hell to get in! Like the time that you're exhausted because you've been driving, and then you get there and you have to wait for. I don't even remember. We also got
1: in a day early, which really helped us. I feel like the line to get into What the Fest would be somewhat similar because it's oh, one really? single driveway from the main road that you got to like follow this Do you driveway think they have down. Similar
0: issues on intake.
1: I mean, everything has issues on intake.
0: I've never experienced anything as bad as Shambhala at all. The other ones. It was we've
1: like had. it was like fourteen hours of waiting. We like slept oh, in our car yeah, for a while. It like it was bad. it was nonsense. And it then
0: you get in. and and, and our tent was like in the outskirts and it was just yeah it was that part was pretty frustrating and cool. if you're the not if you're not prepared for that stuff
1: it can be a lot
0: but I would say like the f- working at what the festival was really cool we uh, did a um, kind of um, finding your dharma oh, yeah. workshop speakeasy I I there this. and then we also taught an acro class out of all the festivals we would work for in my opinion the organizers were the most um, efficient at like getting contracts to us on time, communication, making sure we had what we needed. And then when we got there, as always, there's little issues here and there. When we did have little issues, they were fantastic about helping us try to work those out. And Um, And it's a small enough festival that three
1: thousand people, thirty five hundred
2: people. Yeah,
0: it's a small enough festival that you end up like seeing the same people over and over. And so after like the third or fourth time, you're like, hey, we should just introduce ourselves because we keep seeing each other, and like let's be friends. So that I really enjoy that.
1: Yeah, and what that means is you can't Mm. book. The big headliners yeah. yeah and what brings people is the big headliners so there's this tough interplay between like small local festival and for big for music, festival for for music. Vibes? and so mm-hmm. so that's the thing it's like a lot of people go for specific artists even if they're not like super into that artist they know them they like to party to them they've seen them before and so they go for that artist and that's totally cool and i i'm still all about that but at the same time it's there's there's this interplay between like i want to go see that artist but if it's that artist at a festival that's not the right vibes then i don't really want to see that artist I i've more than likely agree. seen them enough times that like i've seen their sets and i know what they're going to deliver and if I'm not going to be there stoked about who I'm around and who I'm engaging with, then I'm probably not going to enjoy it nearly as much. Because yeah. I could play the same set in two different environments. And I would totally like one over the other if it's like, I'm not getting stepped on. There's not some bro that keeps backing <laughs> into me. Like, just all these things. It's like,
3: eh. and- I, I definitely, I feel like my evolution as a raver, someone that loves electronic music, or as a festival goer in general, is someone that I'm... I I would throw myself in basically both of your camps. Either I prefer more genre-based festivals where everyone's on the same genre or like, yeah, these like newer festivals. I totally agree. The magic is there. Mm -hmm. I think the excitement is there and just the unknownness, right? Mm -hmm. Where like, I feel like when I went to EDC there was just so much hype around it that I was like, ended up kind of being let down. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds odd. That's huge for me. So I I think I would rather have less expectations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
1: And I also, yeah, I feel like very similar. There's just EDC is just, there's more going on than anything you've ever experienced in your entire life. There's 12 different, like, I mean what that one from 2010 says six stages. There's like, Seven or eight main stages, plus there's all these art cars that are driving around. Like it's just mayhem. It's dark. Yeah. There's so it's crazy. Many people. Like hundred thousand plus people, and you think about Paradiso as being full. Like
0: Paradiso is already a lot. Yeah. Thirty. It's like twenty five
1: thousand, maybe yeah. thirty, depending. But so, I think one of the things that that all ties around is the number of stages. Yes. I I I don't. I I I know what I like to see anyway, and I'm not trying to draw so many different crowds that they all combine. Like, if if you're a bass head, you're probably going for the bass stage, <laughs> you know, and like that's cool. There's lots of bass festivals you can go to. They have their yeah. whole own niche, but like. I don't know. That's where people just are like, oh, this artist is coming. I have to go see them. For me, it's like I don't have to see that artist that they're Mm-mm. coming through, and I'm starting to learn that because yes. early on it was always he like I'm going to see. all forms of
0: FOMO. But now it's oh, like I, exactly I, nice. I want a
1: genre specific place, which is where ABGT was so cool. Like, all right, cool. You've got one stage because that's that's what I like a lot I more. I love the one stage, one vibe,
3: one freaking
0: vibe, one heartbeat, one like focus. Mm -hmm. that was great about magnifique it was yeah hopefully they'll do it again but magnifique was that way abgt 250 was that way on both days one stage one vibe so what i liked
1: about what the fest that i almost think they could do better is they i mean they're trying to get more artists so they kind of added more they had three stages one of them was just a daytime stage that started at like 10 a.m and ended at like 6 p.m and they had a pool they built in it It it's really cool that is awesome and then there were two other stages the problem with the two other stages is they were like pointing at each other So when you're in the middle, you can hear a sound bleed between the two. When you're up close, totally fine. I mean, think about like um, Tacoma Dome. Like there's sound bleed that's going to happen and it sucks when there's sound bleed or like Wamu or something. You've got the sound bleed. You've even got it at Paradiso. You've got a ton of it at ABC. Like you're used to it. But what I kind of wanted with that was like, yo, flip this around, make it one stage. Like, get slightly higher caliber artists so they bring more people to be at that one stage and then everyone just fills that whole yeah, space up. I'm sick. And so, then you've got... Yes. But that's where I, li- I like two stages, but at two different times. Yeah. I'm starting to love that and now. And night like, we're, we're helping Ooh. do this, like, little festival, this renegade festival that we can't really, like, talk about. But if, <laughs> if you really want to know, you can reach out to us and we might talk to you. <laughs> but, reach uh, out to them. But it's one of those... Like they have a, a daytime stage where there's like bands and people are hanging out and cool. like music that's going on and then and later. There will
0: be some yoga. Yeah, we'll be doing yoga. And later. Some mushroom yeah. talks.
1: <laughs> but then there's like a different stage. Mm. And that's the late night stage. And and that's so in I the really woods. like that because you can I love create that. those vibes. I mean, even think about like how they did A B G T. They did like 250. They did like, all right, you've got nighttime trance and then the next day and morning you've got Anjuna Deep, we'll call it because it's its own genre. Yeah. But like, if you if you just made that one day and it was Anjuna Deep from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then at 6 p.m. you went to the over, other stage yeah. and the other stage started at seven and from seven till 4 a.m. was the other stage. Like perfect. I, I love I that. I love that idea because you get a full day, but then you're like get to experience different things. Maybe a little break in between to eat food and like connect with people rather than just having music constantly. I love that. So There's cool ideas. We we have. Curation ideas. We'd love
0: to Ooh. get going somewhere. Someday. I will say, uh, just since you just said it, um, I do think at one point we will be doing that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Creating we, we our were, foot- own festival. we were talking about that. I'm a,
3: sure you will. I have no scale.
1: doubt. Yeah. But it, it's really it it's really comes in into the- meeting the right people. And putting that out into the, uh, into the world, which is what we're...
0: Well, I think just getting all of our other stuff established enough that we can then take it that next level and be like, you know, all these little things we do year-round? Well, we can, you can go to this festival where you get a sampling of yeah. all of it in one place. Well, the big thing
1: is, like, of... you can't throw a festival yourself. No. And, and well, how, yeah. But, just like uh, we
0: can't run our business ourselves. Exactly. We're finding that out real quick. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> But that's where like, you know, a business, you can have like two or three people that really help you and you can totally be successful. But like to do a festival, you got to have a lot of fun.
3: You need a crew.
1: You need a crew. And so...
3: But think about like your journey thus far. You have like never lose sight of like humble beginnings, right? Where you started. And I think that both of you, I've watched you grow so much over the past few years. You've accomplished so much. So please like
0: it's you know, weird you know you know what i'm really that thankful that? for is facebook memories when i you know it's <laughs> yeah. so weird but like in the morning when i'm kind of like screwing around on my phone trying to wake up or whatever i'll it'll be like facebook memory from one year ago or two years ago or five years ago and i'm like dude look at this like can you believe that that was two years ago that was three years ago that was a year ago and we're like holy shit like we we're doing well. Like, You're doing we have so to, well. We have to be a little easy on ourselves you and do. understand like that we have accomplished a lot of our dreams. And the, the good thing is we just have more dreams and we keep adding to it. But uh, we're just taking a minute to to really recognize that. So I appreciate Facebook for the creepy Facebook reminders yeah. of, <laughs> of what I, we've done because it's easy to forget.
1: It is. I've definitely had yeah. several of those moments. Mm-hmm. Like, over the last year or so where you just kind of stop and think like one of them is I was like driving in our truck um, with our trailer behind us and my dog in the backseat. And I'm like, I've got a fiance, a sweet truck, a fucking epic dog and a trailer and the lifestyle where I can go on a little adventure and go stay a few nights in a trailer. I was like, honestly, like, as much as I want to be a famous DJ and a famous producer and like throw my own festivals and like all that stuff, like that little moment was like, Holy shit. Like if I go back to all my philosophical talks, like all my schooling, like that's happiness. That's the little piece that I found that I'm like, I'm content with that, but I'm also like wanting to keep pushing it.
0: You're a big dreamer. Yeah. But it's nice to have that moment of content. Like, Oh, feel really blessed think, to be where I yeah. am right now.
3: Yeah, and that's such a beautiful anecdote. And yeah, you can't lose sight of that. And because I think all three of us have put so much pressure on ourselves, yeah. right? And so I think it's, yeah, it's it's so interesting because I was, it's like this idea of, I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day, like enjoying what you have right now and really like making that more of a practice mm-hmm. because, yeah, it's easy to get caught up in what is. And I love that definition of happiness. It's funny that you brought that up uh, today. I actually I was li- I was watching a Joe Rogan clip and hmm. and we all love Joe Rogan here. And he was talking to um, Jesse Itzler, who is the guy that wrote the book Living with a Seal which if you haven't read that book, it's hysterical. Uh-uh. And uh, I won't go on off on a side tangent, but essentially Jesse Itzler hires a Navy SEAL to come and live with him for 30 days and train him. It's <laughs> it's bananas. So wow. random sidebar. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to listen to that. It's, it's fantastic. And in it, Joe Rogan is talking about like, well, Jesse Itzler goes, if you take all areas of your life and you put them in a blender and you like rank your happiness on a scale of one to 10, what is it? And Joe Rogan's basically just like, no, he's like, that's not how happiness is. I can't give my happiness like a number. He's like, happiness is like the tide or it's like hunger, It like ebbs and wanes Mm -hmm. and goes in and out. But he's like, overall, when I like think about my life, it's all the things that I've struggled through and all the things that I have done and the ways that I've challenged myself and the ways that I've experienced discomfort that has led me now to like this like place or like state of being like content. And so it's really cool to hear that you had that moment where you realize like, wow, there are all these things in my life that I have that I love and like, I am like happy and like content with my life. And how do we chase like more of that instead of like... Yeah, like, where's the fine line between excitement and anxiety? Like, mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. is there
1: like... Find it. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I remember Joe had uh, Steven Tyler on his podcast recently. And afterwards, he was like talking to Jamie or it was like some other podcast. He was talking about that. And he was like, he was like one of my childhood heroes. And he's like, younger me inside of me right now. is like, fuck, yeah. You just talked to Steven fucking Tyler. Yes. And so it's like 10-year-old me or 12-year-old me was like holy shit, I've got a pickup truck and I've got a big ass dog <laughs> in the back of it. Like 10 year old me is yes! like, that's my fucking dream. Like I made that. it. Yeah. And so, yeah, 21 year old me has this huge idea of throwing festivals and being on a big stage. And like like when in Synergy, we did something and we like drew a picture and a picture I drew was like me teaching on a big stage or like DJing on a big stage. Like that's, that's my dream now. But my dream when I was younger was so much simpler and like I've made that. And that feels super good.
2: Yeah.
3: And I think another piece of it that I was reflecting on is, um, I guess it's like a little sad, but like, there's always like a give and take. So when you get something that you really love or that you really want, like it can come with a price, right? Mm -hmm. So like knowing, like, just enjoying like what you have now and knowing like when you are working towards these other goals, like, let's say you were to curate or like create a festival like that would be so amazing but like it's gonna be a lot of work too yeah so there's also that to think about and like how much time would that encroach on you as well and so like my brother and I talk about this a lot like there are all these things that we want to do and they excite us but like how do we still live in a way that is spacious mm-hmm. and you know because yeah everything is going to be a trade off mm-hmm. right like so i love you again your idea of that like prioritizing like how many boxes does this check and
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know what does that what does that look like so
0: well and making sure to Be grateful for being a driven and inspired person. Like you said earlier, there's some people who are struggling just to find one thing that they're excited about and that they find purpose. So I I think that it's awesome that we're creative individuals who want to be entrepreneurs and and go out and make change in the world. But it's also uh, easy to um, feel... Like it takes over and and that you <laughs> have to take a step back yeah. and say, in order for me to actually accomplish all those things, I got to take a day that I get stoned and have a Harry Potter marathon. Absolutely. Right? And that you almost have to schedule that shit in because otherwise you're working weeks and weeks and it's funny because we like kind of joke i know jordan sometimes feels bad that he doesn't have a you know eight to five with the insurance and the 401k and because that's what he was brought up thinking that he needed but in other ways like we work a lot i know a lot of people who sit at a desk job and and they've plenty they're on facebook a lot i know this because uh, i yeah. see them on facebook they're screwing around like yeah they're working but like they're not really being as productive we work at all hours, many days of the week, sometimes weeks and weeks in a row without a day off. So like, it's just everybody's career path looks a little different and the way they pursue it looks a little different. So I think for us and maybe for you and your brother who are similarly – Um, mindset of just like go-getters is just remembering to schedule a day off, meaning Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want that day, but you can't work. You can't take a FaceTime business call. You can't do a social media post. You literally just keep the day open to see what happens. Maybe you decide Mm -hmm. to go on a walk or a hike, maybe go to Pike Place, maybe you lay in bed and binge binge Netflix, like whatever, but just like allow yourself a day where you're just not going to Do work, (laughs) yeah. And (laughs) every once in a while, it's so important.
3: It's so important. It was interesting too. Joe Rogan basically talked about like he said his fast track to happiness was this idea that he just got rid of the people in his life that brought him down, yeah. And then he just really was conscious about who he hung out with and (laughs) being around people that he felt like were driven and made him better and. Something I'm curious about from both of that's you is... a challenging
0: is... topic for both of us. <laughs>
3: it, that, that's a challenging topic.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's a good point. Uh, it's something that I thought I had pretty well mastered because I've done that in my life when it comes to toxic family members, uh, very, very toxic family members, uh, toxic relationships, both romantic and then also business relationships. Like I've spent m- my 40 years, really, I would say the last 10 of them, taking major inventory and making huge changes in my life and i just i think i got it figured out all of a sudden a couple creep through the cracks (laughs) and we both look at each other like what the fuck like this person is an energy vampire like Mm -hmm. i like the uh and i know a lot of it's on me like the boundaries and like, I, they're not making me feel any way. I'm choosing to feel a certain way in in regards to their words or actions or mm-hmm. text messages that drive me batty. And it's like, I have to either learn to set that boundary or maybe just not really be friends with that person anymore. It's a tricky, it's a tricky one to do. I know Jordan struggles with it as well. And Uh, If you were brought up like myself in a very like cultured Italian family where blood is everything, like that was huge for me to walk away from family members and say, no, like I can't have a relationship with you. It's not healthy for me. It is not, um, it's not where I want to be in my life. I need to move here. I would love for you to come with me. But if you can't be in this type of mindset or then it's just not going to work out because it's sucking the life out of me. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a sponge. I'm a very spongy person. Me too. I've learned to put up some boundaries, but at the same time, there's only so much you can do because there are people, and I think that's part of it, is some of those types of people are a lot of times drawn to people like us because they Mm -hmm. know they can. They're like, oh, that person will take all my shit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
3: So what I'm curious about is people that are influencing both of you in these like exciting ways and these like positive ways. I don't know if there's a couple people maybe over the past six months or year that have had a influence on you. And what has that been?
1: Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, in, I guess a couple ones that I think have been super influential for us recently. Number one would be Annie Evesick.
0: Yeah. We love Annie. Yeah. And Mm. so like, She's a Seattleite. Mm -hmm. So
1: she hooked us up with our first um, Dirty Bird Campout event. And just that's kind of been in some ways, the beginning?
0: Well, we had worked with her through, she runs a company called Yo-Yo Yoga, and she's also run Shameless, which does a lot of events around here. So Jordan had DJed for one of her Yo-Yo Yoga events. There was a different teacher and um, that went really well. And then we did an event where I taught and he DJed and we kind of started to build a relationship with her. And and then we professed our love for Dirty Bird and she brought us along for our first Dirty Bird event where we represented Yo-Yo Yoga and Fun. did our thing. And so she's she's a go-getter. Yeah. <laughs> she's killing it. She's a hustler. Yeah. Um,
1: But that's kind of the thing is uh, I feel like in the, I was going to mention something. Um, we said like there are people that kind of tend to like suck energy and those people tend to be drawn to people like us. But I think in a similar way, I've been drawn to a lot of other individuals that are hustlers. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I've gotten the cold shoulder, the brick wall several times over the years. Several times from like key players that like I feel like if I had been able to create a relationship, we could have, you know, gone faster or whatever. But the way I'm looking at it now is that it's like, yeah, we could have done some great things together that I feel like could have had us meet even more people and, your path is your path and we're on our path and i'm totally fine with not having those things work out because i'm so happy with where we are and like that's how the world works um but there are definitely moments where i feel like someone has put up a brick wall and been like nope sorry like wow. i can't deal with more people but that's because they're dealing with people all the time that are trying to suck their energy and it's they like the thing i've found most as a dj is no one's people are going to but it's it's most people aren't just going to book you for a show. They're going to wait till you go out and you hustle. You get yourself gigs. You do your thing. And then they'll start to be like, all right, cool. Well, now that you're doing your thing, come do mine, which is even better. But you have to show that you're hustling. Yeah. I want to see that you're a hustler. So Antonella is like a bona fide hustler in her Dude, own way. I hustle And now so she's finally getting <laughs> to the point where other people are like, oh, she hustles. Like, yeah. okay, cool. Come do stuff with us because
0: now you're hustling. year and a half, two years has been totally different. Now people are coming to us all mm-hmm. the time, which is really cool. And God, isn't that a say, nice feeling? Yeah. Okay. As we spent, I spent a long time pursuing and putting ourselves out there and sending out our EPKs and like um, doing things for free or doing things donation-based. And then now finally, like we're getting a lot of people coming at us to the point that we have to say no to some things. Or not no, but... No, thank you.
1: Yeah, our motto is if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. I think we talked about that with you last time. If it's not time. a fuck
0: yes and it's a no, thank you. Yeah. We're appreciative. <laughs> we yeah. thank you, but no. Like we but have if, to if we have, we have other
1: things like does that check off multiple boxes? Mm-hmm. And in our life if it doesn't check off multiple boxes right now, we just can't afford to do it.
0: And do those boxes make our heart go a flutter and our eyes go Yo, yeah, Let's do it. And then then yeah, we're totally down. So
1: I think Annie has been one because she's a straight up hustler <laughs> and then she works hard. Her and Antonella both have that like, all right, we're hustling, we're fe- in this industry, like we're gonna kick ass, and Annie doesn't teach yoga, but she brings yoga teachers in and like mm. curates these vibes, these yoga music events. Love and so, that's that. exactly the style monkey we loft. like.
0: So, like her mm. Monkey Loft, this was fourth annual uh, Memorial Day party. She had and the Desert
1: Hearts crew come through, it and was it was epic. sold out, it, it was, was packed, it was so cool, the vibes wow. were thick, it was perfect. Yeah, and so um and then the other one that i think has been super influential is the noise complaint guys the so crew, yeah. yeah mark martinez and jonathan katz um and jonathan katz i would love to get to know he's such a nice guy and he always comes up and says hi to us but like um
0: we he, haven't collaborated he's, he's no yet. we haven't no. And i would
1: love to he is more like Jonathan has like this good social media presence. It's like me where he likes to comment on a bunch of people's stuff and be engaged, but he's not creating. it, It just doesn't feel like he's creating the social content. He is in his own way, but Mark Martinez has found that niche down where he's like always asking people what's up. He's got this positivity train and him and John work perfectly in that pair, which is why I couple them together. But um, the one that I like see the most and that like draws the most to me personally is Mark Martinez, like seeing mm. him as subset and what he's been doing. Um, cause I remember just out of nowhere, I saw one of his sets and had never seen him in Seattle before. And he blew my fucking mind. I was yeah, like, this set is here, so good. Blazing. And I was like, who is this dude? How have I never heard of him? And then I was outside Q one time with Jason Wu and Mark was out there and Jason was like, have you guys met? And I was like, no, but I've seen you play. Like. And he was like, yeah, I just recently came here from New York and I was like, oh.
0: Well, and don't you think, like, um, part of, I think, how they've been influential and why we're, we're in talks, we're in talks with them about collaborating on something cool. Um, Part of why we had our eye out and we actually reached out to them, which we don't do often anymore. Mm -hmm. And we reached out Jordan emailed email and was like, hey, I think that we could be, we could marry this situation very nicely if you guys want to throw an event or do a little thing together and, uh, part of it was Jordan and I had had multiple conversations at um, how we were kind of feeling burnt out with the Seattle scene, with the nightclubs, with the nights that were being thrown, and we just weren't wanting to go out anymore. But I'm nodding, yeah. But <laughs> noise complaint, I will say, like there was a couple noise complaints that we went to, and we were like, "This is dope." Like,
1: Everyone we wanted to the be vibes, there, was there, the vibes, the music, cool. the
0: venues they're doing it at. It's it's the second. Is it the second Thursday, um, second Friday of each month? I think so. I think it's the second Friday of each month. Bounces around to different places. The their promotion crew, their DJs, the people they're bringing in, their overall like positive vibes. It's a good time. Like we mm-hmm. love it when we can make it happen with our schedule. We're there, and and that's I would say unusual for us at this point. So we're inspired by what they're creating and and we're super excited to go and just be part of it as um fans and if we if we can do something with them at one point we're totally down that's why we put that out there but also if that never happens i'm totally fine with that too i like what they're doing i'm gonna keep showing up and tell other people too as well
1: yeah their their positivity is just Infectious?
0: Well, and that was how we met Ben. So this is a great (laughs) story. So we were all the way over in Florida teaching for Dirty Bird Campout. And uh, we're walking around with our TASCAM doing... Um, uh, interviews pop up on the spot interviews so we could put together a podcast episode about oh, so cool. the festival right and so we're walking our we're like back in this behind the stage VIP area and we see these two dudes and one of the guys is wearing a noise complaint hat and we were like what up noise complaint and he's just looking at us like Uh, I don't know who these people are. And we're like, dude, Seattle. Like, You must be from Seattle. You're wearing a noise complaint hat. And so we connected. We had a great time hanging out. When we got home, Jordan went and DJed a couple private parties for him. He's part of the noise complaint crew. We see him all the time. Shout out. What up, Ben Burdett? We love him. (laughs) He's so sweet. And he's just another example of just like really positive part of that crew. And uh, yeah, they have, if you don't know, like their noise complaint um, logo. It's like the... It's the emoji it's of the, the
1: speaker with a red line through it.
0: So Yeah. It's like so if you ever see like the emoji off. on your phone, it's like the speaker emoji with a big red slash through it. And so we saw that and we're like, oh, noise complaint. What up? Awesome!
3: Yeah. Very yeah, cool. All so, the way in Florida.
0: Yeah, yeah, all the way in Florida to go hang out with a Seattle dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't and, know they had swag. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they did. Oh, they got had some good jackets. Swag. Um, oh, that's John. Um, one of, John of my favorite pictures of myself was actually one of the photographers took at a noise complaint party. It's me and Jordan, and I'll show it to you later. But um, I was wearing a mm, see-through top. And so uh, uh, for those of you listening who aren't aware, I have one nipple, (laughs) hashtag RIP lefty. Mm -hmm. So I took the noise complaint sticker and put it over my um, nipple that would offend many people in the world. And then the other one was just obviously there's no nipple there. So it was kind of it was pretty cool. I was like, this is the best pasty ever. And Jonathan's like, we need to make pasties. We need noise complaint pasties. I'm like, yes, you do make (laughs) it because I'm putting your sticker on there.
1: So yeah, we just we just like the style, and it yeah. goes again back to that hustling. Like Mark and John are hustling; they're straight up hustling. And then they've now seen that like we're hustling too. So before it's kind of one of those they they knew of us, but they hadn't really been like seeing what we were doing. And now they're we're now that we're on their radar, they're like, oh, okay, we really do think these well, two things.
0: do you think they're well. yogis? Like even if they're not doing quote unquote yoga in classes, they totally have yogi vibes. I love that about them and part of like the mindfulness that they're putting out there and the self-care. They're trying
1: to take it beyond... Just being Partying. this local party that they throw this event at. They're trying to make it a family and yeah. they're, they're doing a great job. Like, it feels like a mini Dirty Bird in its own way. Yeah. Like, the people that would attend Dirty Bird or Desert Hearts vibes, which are, in my opinion, some of the greatest festival vibes of anyone. And, like, yeah. music aside, like, I'm very picky about my music, but like, back in the day, it was trance vibes. But now, like, the vibes that, like, really, really mesh, either with us, but I feel like with a lot of people I know in general, it's Dirty Bird and Desert Hearts. They just bring this fucking family. And so Noise Complaints, like, vibing off that same idea. Like, yeah, they're bringing somewhat similar style of music, but they have a bunch of unique, different styles. So they're not pigeonholing themselves in, like, I mean, I guess Desert Hearts and Dirty Bird have created their own style. Just, like uh, and deep has its own style. And so noise complaint isn't like a record label in that they've like created their style, but they're starting and they're curating this vibe and they're like bringing those same vibes. And we really, really love that.
0: They are, in my opinion, what's hot in Seattle right now. I'm always keeping an eye out on what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't
1: know, go check out Noise Complaint.
3: Now I've actually know. never been to a <gasps> Noise Complaint really? event.
0: Okay, I know. Well, we will tell you what we'll, we'll look at what's coming up. Yeah, and I think then we will I think uh,
1: Motes, Motes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it, but he's like <laughs> Motes. I was. So you, you know like Tachami <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or Chami, however you say it. Again, another Chami. artist. You're like, how the fuck do I say this <laughs>
2: name? Yeah,
3: and, yeah, Motes.
1: Yeah. And so it's like Oliver Heldens and all that style. That was like big like mm-hmm. a, a few years ago. Um, and Motes is coming through and he's hmm. playing their show and, like, Jonathan's really stoked about it and, unfortunately...
0: Oh, are we gone Yeah, for that one?
1: So, pretty bummed about that one. But, definitely one of those artists that, like, is fucking sweet and I'm stoked Ooh. they brought through. So
0: Yeah.
3: That's awesome. It's
0: good stuff.
3: Very cool. Any other influencers or I have some more questions from yeah. the audience.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say, well, we, we named a couple, of, like, local... Music hustlers um, and inspiration. I'm trying to think who else has really inspired me within the last year. Um,
1: oh, well, just back to Motaz. It's uh, this Friday, oh, June 8th Friday. Oh, at 10 p.m.
0: Two days. Fuck. And why can't we go to that? La-
2: I
1: guess we can
0: what do we I have, have press. We can-
1: But Saturday morning, we have that show to get up early oh, for. Oh,
3: shit. That's oh, right. We yeah, can't go up right now. We gotta prep. We got You guys morning. better be. We'll be there. We'll be ready. We gotta prep. We gotta be primed
1: ready. So that, that's another one of those things of like, it checks off one box, mm-hmm. but it doesn't check off multiple boxes. And so we're like, you know we gotta we gotta be picky about where we go to, but we'll yeah, wrap it we love sure. going
0: out. But if it means that the next morning we don't perform and give what we need to you guys who are buying tickets, then then that does not yeah. mm-hmm. does not do what we need. So uh, yeah, I would say um, other inspiring peeps for me right now. I've been really inspired by Catherine Budig in the last year. It's interesting because I've been inspired by her for a really long time. She's a yoga teacher that I found. Mm, maybe 10 years ago now mm. through yoga glow. Cause I, it was hard for me to get to yoga classes. Yoga glow is like an online platform to watch yoga classes definitely one of my goals at one point to be able to teach classes on yoga glow because it's accessible to everyone around the world right you have a subscription you get access to hundreds of teachers and hundreds of classes amazing content so i found her on there i always like thought she was fun and playful liked her and then jordan and i both have been to several of her classes over the years at festivals what i've been really impressed with her in the last year or so is uh through the social media lens and then also when we've seen her at festivals i've watched her navigate divorce and uh um physical changes in her practice and her body as she's getting older which she's still younger than me but you know that watching her navigate that and the way she expresses her body positivity Mm. and all of that i've watched her stand up she used to be um Sponsored by uh, Under Armour, Armour, and then Under Armour's had some uh, not great support of Trump and other things that she was not happy with. So she's one of the few yoga teachers, in my opinion, who um, has gracefully navigated tough subjects and and stands her ground and now she's in love with this amazing uh woman from espn named kate and they have their own podcast and they're out there with this like amazing life and it's um, called free cookies their their podcast is called free cookies (laughs) but like i really respect her and look up to her and there's sure probably other yoga teachers out there that in the yogic philosophy and the uh what they're quote unquote school of yoga is providing I could probably learn more from in those respects but like I'm not there in my life anymore like yoga's changed a lot for me over the years and so I'm really connected to and inspired by people like that who are saying like yoga is everything and it's all of these things to me and I want to share it with you in all these different ways and her practice has evolved and changed and now she's you know really into food and shares a lot of recipes and cooking so there's just like a lot of things she's she's kind of like us where she's doing a lot of stuff but i think she's doing them all really well and i'm sure Mm. she's like we are we're in her head she's like but i could be doing it this much better in all these ways i want to add these things but like as a fan that's been following her for a long time watching her progress and then seeing all the things she's doing, it's been really cool. And she's just one of those people that I feel like I could be, we could be buddies. If oh, we ever yeah. like got to know each other, we would totally be buddies. Cause if you have like everything she starts to do is also stuff we're doing. And I'm like, oh man, we have like very similar uh, things in alignment. So yeah, I'm really, I like watching what she's doing. I'm very inspired by uh, her creativity and her passion and her drive towards making things happen but still being like a very nurturing, loving, mindful yogi who um, says fuck you to um, shitty politicians and to people who are uh, not accepting of everyone. Yeah. yeah. So she's pretty rad. If you're not, if you haven't checked her out yet, you should. I really like her. That's awesome. I know I definitely will. Free cookies. Free cookies. I'm intrigued. Or just go to Catherine Budig on Instagram. It's a great place to follow her.
2: It's what
1: Catherine with a Y and B-U-D-I-G is like...
0: B-U-D-I-G. Yeah.
3: yeah. We have a question from the audience. Okay. Another and one. this is along the yoga lines. Uh, a, a fan wants to know, what's your favorite type of yoga? Oh. It's probably a really hard question.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's changed a lot.
3: So or favorite t- type of yoga, right meow.
0: Right meow. <laughs> <laughs> Right, meow. Uh, let's say today, my favorite type of yoga is yin. It's because I taught it today. Because he taught it today and it was <laughs> juicy and wonderful. And we were out in the sunshine and you played Alan Watts for the last 13 minutes. And I could just lay there and just like let all of those amazing thoughts. And yeah, oh, it was amazing. That. But it just depends. So so uh, some days Yin's my favorite. Other days I want to do acro. Some days I want a really rigorous but thoughtful yoga um, vinyasa class where I get to play with inversions and stick my leg behind my head. Like it's so different for me every day. Um, but I would say that's really physical. Those are all physical parts of yoga. And I would say like, ultimately my favorite type of yoga has nothing to do with the physical practice. Mm. I'm assuming the question was geared more towards that. So that's why I answered it. But ultimately my favorite type of yoga is the type that, uh, helps me become more connected to um, my truth and allows me to be accepting of others' truths. So yeah. that's, that's my favorite yoga. Beautiful.
3: Thanks. Jordan, what do you think?
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely, yeah, there's idealistic ones of things that I like. I, I would honestly say right now probably more along the lines of yin, which is... Weird.
0: You used to hate yin. I love yin. <laughs>
1: I know. And like I still have a very love-hate relationship with it because it's, for those of you that don't know, it's longer holds. I mean, there's there's some people's ideas practice. of yin and some people's ideas of yin is more like a slow flow. Um, but that's <laughs> not real yin. Like, And, and not that there is. A, I mean, it's like saying, oh, that's not real techno or that's not real trance. Like, yeah, you can have your arguments about it. But, but in it's your still mind, your style, it's but like, not really yin. In like the true depth form of like what yin is, I think idealistically is like, four to six minute holds of a single posture where you're just like sinking in and like finding depth. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really tough for me. Um, But I'm going through physical injuries with different things and I used to love being able to do tons of handstands. Um, And then I still love acro. Like we still enjoy it, but I just don't, put the time in for it I don't put the time enough in for yoga in general but it's because I'm trying to focus on podcasting and DJing I'm doing a lot more DJ gigs where she's teaching the yoga and I'm DJing and so like there's just a lot going on where I haven't made that my focus um but it's coming back we're gonna we're starting up a teacher training and so when that comes around then your brain gets really focused on yoga and you're like all right I want to get back into practice I want to do all this stuff um
3: that starts
2: soon
1: yeah
3: yeah do you want to give a shout out
0: yeah, we. I think we have one spot left. Wow. Um, yeah, our yoga training—it's a two hundred hour training. It starts uh, the first weekend we meet is uh, in a couple weeks, and we still have one spot left. But like Jordan said, one lucky person. Yeah, hmm. one more. Um, like Jordan said, it—it's nice because it also reinvigorates our own practice to. Um, to teach is to master. So when we teach others, we become more of a master of our own practice and what we're speaking to and what we're trying to share. And, um, we love it. And this year we actually dropped the word teacher off of it. So it's a 200 hour yoga training because we really want people to understand that even if you have a career path, uh you can still go through a yoga training like you don't have to make this your career you don't have to go slinging at studios or do any of the things that we're doing we want to help everyone even if you're brand new like jordan went through his teacher training six months five months into your yoga practice like he was super new to yoga versus (laughs) i was on the total opposite end of that i had spent a long time practicing yoga before i ever decided to go through a yoga training so for us we take everybody where they're at and doesn't matter if you have a quote unquote skillful practice or not. Like if you're a seeker and you want to learn and you want to understand all of the aspects of yoga, the philosophies, the anatomy, the history, the Sanskrit, the movement, the connection, the community, like that's what we're about. And it's so much fun. And, and it's building our family. We absolutely love it. So like he said, we've been really in like hustle mode, business mode, music, like doing events and then once this kicks off, we're gonna be shifting gears a bit. And when we're in training mode, we are in it and we are mm-hmm. we take that responsibility really seriously to provide the best. And it's funny because we have a lot of very eager students who are emailing me like, oh, can okay do you have something you need to send me ahead of time to work on or to prepare? And I'm like, you just show up girl, just show up because it is an organic process for us. We cannot tell you exactly what it's going to look like or what you need to know because we haven't, we haven't been in that space with y'all yet. Once we are all in there and we have that first day where we connect, then we go home and we go, all right, let's do this. And then we know how to curate and to make it. Cause I'm not going to teach them a bunch of information that we talked to the last people. It might not be relevant to them. Like, sure. No. There's going to be some key elements that we want them to know, but I want them to walk out of this training feeling like it spoke to them personally and, and where they want to go. And so that's wow. why we keep it small. We have small numbers and, uh, and it's here, it's at our home this year, which is really cool. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. That's, That's incredible. That, I mean,
3: you just totally, I mean, I've always wanted to do your yoga or your yoga training. Yeah. Um, but that like really sold me too. just like this idea that both of you are so thoughtful and intentional about the content very and purposeful. the education yeah. and the experience that you're bringing to the people that, are participating and wow, they're in well, we want it to really be relevant. Like,
0: I think in the yoga community in the last year, there's been a lot more awareness of um, our white privilege and our body issues, and mm-hmm. making sure that yoga is a welcoming place for everyone, not just skinny white girls. And so, this year, this is the first year that we're going to start to bring some of that into it. Like, all right, as teachers or as yogis like how can we be more accepting and loving and, and like understand uh where we are and how little things are really impactful on people and so it's it's really a whole there's a whole lot to it wow. and uh i'm excited and how many people uh we are limiting it to 15 that's great and uh it kind of depends like that's kind of our initial like we're gonna have 15 but as as they start to apply and we kind of get an idea of what we're working with and how many people are newer to yoga, then the number might get smaller. Fifteens are max, but I think uh, depending on who signs up, Mm -hmm. uh, it might be more like 12 or 10 depending on the needs. We just want to make sure that we're able to give everyone what they need.
3: Yeah. Definitely.
0: It's pretty sweet. So we start in June. We have three intensive, one in June, one in July, and one in August. And then fall is like when the work starts. So that's when they're really going hard, September wow. and October. And then by November, they'll be graduated to be, you know, an expansive part of our family to run with it if they want, or they can go and teach at any studio, you know, they'll be certified. Yeah. And so if they want that, we have a whole business module that, that we help kind of get them going in the right direction yeah. that's
3: so fantastic what do you what do both of you find most rewarding about that whole experience of the training as the mm. months unfold what's the best part of it for
1: you I just like connecting with people mm-hmm. it's the reason I do this podcast so that I can connect with people on a deeper level um, and so I really enjoy that because I get a dig into people's philosophical side and their religious side and Mm -hmm. also see their practice and you see people break down, you see people build themselves up, you see their interactions with other people. And so um, that's another reason why we like keeping it small because then I can refer to everyone by their name. You give them a hug when they show up, you give them a hug when they leave, like just different things about it. You get to like see this person for who this person is Mm -hmm. and they're not a number. Yeah. And that's what's super important to us. And so I don't know. I like that the most.
0: Yeah. Connection. Yeah. The connection's pretty epic. I I know this is gonna sound kinda mean, but I kinda <laughs> like watching uh-huh. the shit show. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's a shit show. Like and I warn them all ahead of time. Like I either meet with them for coffee or we do a FaceTime, but kinda interview everybody and just let them know like this will change your life and not in necessarily in all the ways you're expecting. And so like over the years I've seen relationships crumble during a teacher training. I've seen divorces happen in a teacher training. I've seen um, people completely changed what they thought their life past was going to be and not wow. necessarily towards being a yoga teacher, right? So I love watching the transformational process. I love, I know this is terrible, but I love kind of watching them fall apart. And, and I know it sounds bad, but I think it's a super important process to grow through your shit and to um, create a space that it's okay for them to crumble. It's okay for them to burst into tears. It's okay for them to hate us. Like, there's days where, like, oh, they hate us today. Like, oh, I'm the bad guy today. You're a good cop today. Like, that's part of it. Like, there's going to be times where their um, mm, shadow work is being done and we help facilitate and create that but we're also nurturing but we're also kind of tough love and we're also like pretty high expectations but we're also like totally loving and accepting of who you are so it's a weird a lot going on but like I love watching it because the ones that you see go dark like you're like oh they're about to
2: have a big shift
0: Totally. <laughs> and you're like, ooh, and it's really cool to watch. And, and, and our graduates, you know, we stay in touch with them and a lot of them will pop into this training and give hugs to the new people and take part in some of the practices and be mentors to them. And so I love it because I know that even if they don't want to hear it from me. Like the people who are in it now will tell them kind of sort of what to expect. We'll reassure them and we'll say all the quote unquote things, but we're still their teachers. And so sometimes you look at your teachers in frustration or like, ugh, I don't want to deal with you right now. But having our graduates come in who are on the other side of it and they've seen how much it's impacted their life for them to come in and be like, hey, like I know what you're dealing with right now. And I know that it's hard. And if you want to talk about it or if you want to you know, run your stuff by me that you're frustrated with or you're not understanding like just giving that sense of community and family uh is pretty epic that is so neat it's pretty cool yeah i mean that's
3: really what i would consider the you know both elements of the spice of life both this like awesome like truly authentic deep connection that you get with people and also this struggle that they go through this Mm -hmm. transformation they go through and seeing people because like what's worth it if every if it's easy yeah is it worth it
0: do you you grow if it's easy no so if there's resistance you know you're going in the right direction like there you're you're pushing a button that needs to be pushed like go go towards that and see live in the discomfort and that's part of yin right that's what jordan's saying like holding a pose for six minutes maybe eight minutes or ten minutes is hard (laughs) It's hard. It's very hard. And your brain, you're still, and your brain is not still. And you're trying to meditate in a pose that feels awkward and uncomfortable. And it's literally stressing your body and stressing your connective tissue. And so uh, I... I equated a lot to that. Like there should be moments that are challenging and in the end you're like, Oh, I'm that was so worth it to me and I'm so glad I did it. But it's like learning to find the sense of peace and um, contentment, even when something's challenging and, And pushing your buttons and feeling frustrating. Like I'm just going to be in here and I'm going to have the sense of equanimity and I'm going (laughs) to breathe and it's all going to be okay. And maybe even when I come out the other side of it, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, yeah, I did that. And I grew from it and I can I can use that now as a tool or an experience that will help other people.
3: 100%. Yeah, that's so cool. So that's awesome. So that is. We've got the silent yoga in the park (laughs) on Saturday. You have the yoga training that's starting up, and what I'm interested to know is, what are some of the other things that, or maybe what's the number one thing that you're most looking forward to as the year comes to through 2018? Nothing to do
0: with either of those.
3: And I mean, I have some guesses, but
0: (laughs) I'm just curious. I'm really excited to get married. Yes. I'm really excited to marry you. Oh, you're going to marry me? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) please. Dude, this whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to get married. I did not think that I would ever get married again, and I did not think I would ever be excited to get married, but I'm quite excited. Yeah. It's going to be pretty epic. Once
1: you get over all the planning, then you're excited. (sighs)
0: I'm in the a lot stressed going on out right now. stage of wedding planning. What are you guys not doing? That's the bigger question <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Well, this year was supposed to be wedding planning year, meaning we weren't going to do all those other things. And then reality set in. We're like, no, we, we need to do all those other things. And so now it's just trying to do everything plus plan a wedding has been a little bit much for me. But that's what part of why I'm like even more so like let's just do it already. <laughs> like I just want to get married. And who cares about the big chindig Like let's just do it. So I'm pretty stoked. I don't know. Are you excited about that? Yeah,
1: for sure. It should be good. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of stress around it at the current moment. So that's the slight trepidation. It has nothing to do with the fact that me being excited to getting married. It's more that just there's
0: the logistics.
1: chaos, logistics, costs, and we're like, you holy would- shit.
0: <laughs> be like dumbfounded at how much it costs to rent a tent to put over people's heads because it's august and it's going to be hot like we got the quote today and we were like are you kidding me we're canceling this wedding like we can't <laughs> afford the tent like it's so expensive we were like, what? weddings are frighteningly expensive They're yeah. so expensive yeah.
1: so Anyways. that's yeah anyway but okay, yeah yes. i mean there's a uh, we're going to Mexico in November to help with. Uh, I
3: was gonna ask honeymoon. Uh, oh yeah, we haven't
0: figured a honeymoon still out. Still
1: trying to figure that out. We made a post yesterday on social media asking.
0: There's been a lot of great yeah. ideas, so Ooh, I just have to like, go through. What was the post? Um, we just asked for um
1: budget honeymoon ideas budget
0: honeymoon that's like somewhat beachy and relaxing but with some adventure options and there's a lot i have to like comb through them all there was it was a very well uh, answered post so any any them, ones that stood
3: out as being really yeah, exciting yeah galapagos
0: or? definitely caught Ooh. my eye belize apparently like those types of ones are expensive to get there but once you're there it's pretty inexpensive chantal had some interesting comments uh, oh. about learning to play the credit card game to f- basically go on trips for a little to no money um so i, I need another, to call her <laughs> yeah right
1: just another thing to look into i've always been so intrigued by mm-hmm. that whole credit card yeah. thing for miles and spending x amount of money and doing stuff but yeah
0: i think it's a little late this year to try to start something like that but so i'll probably like i want to read up about what she sent for sure at one point but right now we're you know We want, we've gone a lot of cool places. That's why it's sort of hard to pick a honeymoon, but those were all for work. And so we really want to make sure what we do this time is for play only. Yes. Knowing our entrepreneurial minds while we're there, we'll probably check out some studios, check out some retreat options. Like that'll be going on in our heads for sure. Like, Hey, is this somewhere we would want to come back and bring people, whether it's for a training or for a retreat? So I'm sure that will happen, but we won't be there employed working for anyone specific or for for ourselves necessarily we'll just be there to relax good yeah, so we have to figure that out
1: so no idea yet but then we're going to mexico in november to help with a an acro training it's Ooh. not a training it's an it's acro a, retreat it's an intensive it's, an it's intensive. like
0: retreat slash intensive yeah. yeah that'll be so, cool that'll be fun tulum. To... i've never been to tulum mm-hmm. so that'll i be just a went
3: fun. last december how was it uh-huh. it's beautiful
0: cool yeah you so love it in november year. Well, and it's a nice one because it's not our retreat we're we're uh, basically um, helping to teach the morning vinyasa classes. So we have a very minimal commitment to it. And then the rest of the time, um, the <laughs> two great. leading it are awesome acro yogis. So we're super excited to learn from them and, um, and then also go on some excursions and do like a sweat lodge and go see some ruins. So yeah, be cool. there's be a ruins cool and all kinds
3: of stuff around there. It's, it's uh, just
0: hard because that's not necessarily a honeymoon because we would be in work mode. So we just gotta pick something that's gonna be purely honeymoony, yeah. relaxing, make out, have lots of sex. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> need to and, like yeah totally
3: disconnect because yeah. you guys are always on the go. So <laughs> yeah. and you're also going to Italy.
0: Yeah. So soon. When? When is That's that? When are really you leaving? Soon. We, leave <gasps> we
1: leave on the 4th of July.
0: We leave on the 4th of July. We are actually flying air, into <laughs> Paris. <laughs> yeah. We're flying into Paris for two nights to meet my sister and my niece and some family. My oh. niece is a dancer for Pacific Northwest Ballet and they're doing a um series over in paris so <gasps> she's gonna be dancing there we were like well shoot, we, we, we're going we need to go to italy anyway for some logistical stuff and it actually cost the same to stop in paris for two days and then go there so we were like all right let's wow do it. so that'll be my first have time you, in paris have, and i'll be able to see her dance say, have, so have you ever been amazing? to paris no i've been to paris oh you have
1: but i haven't been to italy oh. she's been to italy hasn't been to paris Perfect. Got
0: it. yeah so we'll be there two nights and then we're gonna fly into naples which is where all my family is from both my parents were born and we'll meet pizza. my yeah pizza, pizza. <laughs> we'll meet my bio dad and his wife and some family and and go explore and maybe work on getting my dual citizenship yes. we're kind of that's another slightly work-ish trip because we we're looking towards maybe a five-year plan of living somewhere else for the time you know for a, a time Seattle like this will always be our home base but neither of us have ever lived anywhere but here I mean you lived in California I guess for school but I don't know I don't, that's kind of different so um yeah having that goal of maybe living somewhere over that way so we want to go check it out and see if my 100 percent italian ishness can get me some sort of Street cred over there. You've got this. <laughs> Just
1: carry around your phone with your twenty three and me information be stats. like,
0: Look. <laughs> Yeah. I should probably learn. Hey, I got an app though since I saw you last. I've been working oh, on my Duolingo? Italian. Yeah. I love it. It's so
3: good. I fucking love it. It's great. And they like send you little reminders like, mm-hmm. hello, you need to practice your language now. Yeah. You're like, what?
0: They I like it. I realize oh, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, you need to get it. Cause yeah. you, you're better at retaining languages than I am. He'll, d- he'll start a month later than me and he'll like bypass me.
2: Yeah. I'm not good at
0: retaining. Language. I can read them. Like I'm great. I, I win. I It's like a game to me. I win at all the duolingo ones that you read, but the ones where I have to like verbally, yeah, that's where I'm a little off. Yeah. I'm not very good at that.
3: I know that there were, I think a couple more questions on Facebook
0: the book of faces
3: and let me pull that up so we have someone here I actually think this is a really interesting question hmm. what are the fears of running your own business and also what are the highs that make it worthwhile
2: hmm.
1: that it's gonna fail
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. no kidding <laughs> I'm just not a fear-driven person, so I don't know that I have any fears with it. Honestly, fear is just not really a word in my vocabulary. Like, damn, um, damn, mama. It's more so that I like think fear is a good thing. Like, I'm not trying to fear to become fearless. I'm trying to fear less. So, like, I think that trying to become fearless is stupid. Like fear is a good thing to have, but I would like to fear less in the idea that it doesn't take over my choices and my emotions. Yes. So, like, I think it's good to have a little bit of fear and to have some apprehension and go, Hmm, like, is this the right direction for me or, am I going to fail and, and those, those are good because it provokes questions and it makes you accountable and be like alright well why am I feeling this way And have I, have I really done the work and am I ready and have I reached out and asked for help and gotten the support I need so yeah I, I think the little bit of fear is good so I'm not, I'm not really worried about those I, I, I think they teach me a lot um, and then what was the other half of it mm, so what, so. Are, yeah, the what are the fears and then what are the, the highs, highs that make it worthwhile I mean, the highs are just, like... The highs
1: are, like, what we talked about is
0: when... The connection.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I was going to say, like, that feeling that you get when you get asked to Um, do a gig that you are really down for. And that's that feeling of, like... We talked about, like, when we both got asked to do Above and Beyond (sighs) first, even though it got pulled away, it was still that idea. Like, that was extremely... Flattering. emotional for yeah. us and flattering to be like holy shit yes yeah. like we would love to do that.
0: Yeah, I I would say that and more so for me when they actually are done. So it's less so about the ask and more about the end the end of it. Like mm-hmm. walking away from a weekend or a night event and looking at each other so we always do our like feedback stuff. After. Like we do kind of like feedback things after. And when we look at each other and we're like, holy shit, that just happened. And we got paid for that. Like oh, that's fucking awesome. Like So it, good. That feels so good. And, it, and, it, and, it, and especially when we know that other people were really in it. Or like I guess a, a moment was on Monday at Memorial Day at Monkey Loft. Like feeling like knowing in my head there was a lot of work and preparation not just by us but like annie and shameless and everybody who puts that event together and then always there's a little technical difficulties that happen and we push through it and we still like slam dunk it and mm. I look at him and I'm like you killed it and i like no okay I did great and and you have all those but then you look out and people start to come up and give you hugs and tell you thank you and several of them are like very emotional and in tears and they're like I've never met you and this was life changing and it was amazing and that's like yeah. That feels so good and it's just like it, it makes all of the work and the effort and the stress so worth it when you know that you've touched even just one or two people in a way that was very profound to them. And not to say that the other events when that doesn't happen aren't worth it because... They are. They're amazing. But like when you get that a little bit of validation, (laughs) because, you know, we all want some self-esteem, right? And things that give me self-esteem in that way or knowing that my work and efforts like help to create something that was profound. Well, it's feedback that you
3: served someone Mm -hmm. else that you contributed to someone else. And that's like really, in my opinion, like a basic human need Mm -hmm. to be of service and to like help another person agreed and to to get that very
0: driven by that for sure.
1: <laughs> so our dog is over here having a a nice deep dream
0: oh is that what that noise mm-hmm, is yeah crazy
1: <laughs> he's he's deep in slumberland twitching making making little noises <laughs> hey Boozy.
0: Boozy. jordan do you have any fears in oh, the, yeah, we in the kind of chimed before. up
3: with that. I was gonna go back to that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I kind of kind of jokingly said like the fear of failing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's less of a a fear of like not being financially successful, and more of like a personal fear of like shit. I didn't do the thing I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I I gave up. Yeah. So it's it's less
0: about I lost my I forgot my USB stick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shit. man. That's, that's always like, oh, you'll have this moment where we're driving. Wait, do I have my USB? Oh, my God. Make sure you have
1: everything on you. <laughs> Hi, Blue. Good morning. <laughs> it's definitely not morning right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, so I guess I guess it would be that, that personal idea of, like, this dream I had didn't come to fruition. And, you know, she definitely works on me and teaching me that like you know it'll be fine like however things happen they're gonna happen and it's gonna work out and be just fine but there are definitely times like for me as a, a dj or a producer there have been many times from like do i just give up
2: mm-hmm. like
1: it it doesn't feel like things are working out not getting gigs like really struggling in the studio production wise like things just don't feel right and i know they always say like push through it and whatnot but there are definitely times where you're like how am I going to advance this at all? Um, And luckily we've found ways to continue it and we've made it a part of what we're doing and it's all working quite well and I'm really excited for what the future holds. But um, I guess my fear would be just kind of in the future, I'll let that get a hold of me Mm -hmm. at some time and make a less than opportune decision to like totally give something up. Mm. Um, People always say like don't give up your day job. But then people also say like, what, don't give up your daydream."
2: Mm-hmm. It's like, mm. that's one
1: of the things that I'm super, no, into It's like, I don't want to give up this dream and not in this, like some of it's definitely this like attachment to what I want to do, but it's also this idea that I, I don't want to let myself down. We just mm. talked about, um, my 10 year old me being like, yeah. fuck yeah, I got the truck and the dog and I don't want my 21 year old me to be, super disappointed
3: yeah so you mentioned that like there's times when you're djing or producing and it's just like what am i like doing this for i can't i can't keep going so in those moments what helps you to keep going like because you obviously have continued
1: i mean one of the things seems to be taking a break and switching gears mm. um and that can at times feel like it's giving up, but it's it's very much kind of allowing those emotions to settle into their little dark corner, um, <laughs> and then you'll revisit them later. Yeah. You know, um, you'll pick up something else that shines light back into that corner, and you're like, oh yeah, that thing that got set in the back of my closet, I still want to do that. How do I incorporate that in with what I'm doing now? Um, and I think all of our things seem to tie really well together, all the stuff that her and I are doing. But it's because we've kind of made them tie together. So it's like, you know, these random strings are all over the place. Mm. But it's like, how do you bring those ones together? And even if one string is off for a while and isn't quite connected, like eventually it'll come back around if you make sure that it's still there instead of just being like, all right, I'm done with this, cutting that, I'm done. Like know people burning their bridges in different environments or saying fuck you to that person and never getting a gig again like it happens so it's really just kind of attempting to let the ego subside i, I still am a pretty firm believer that the ego is an extremely important part of you and everyone's all about like kill the ego no. but i think it's just like we
2: need the ego mm-hmm. yeah
1: it's part of it it's part of um, us so it's kind it's like of like
3: divorcing our humanness mm-hmm. yeah
1: i don't want to do
0: that yeah i
1: want to be human kind of <laughs>
0: I want to be an alien. What about the flip side?
1: What's the flip side? Tell oh.
0: your fears. What are your What are your moments that are like make it all worth it and that you love?
1: And that, I don't know. It's kind of hard because one thing I'm trying to do a lot more is live in the moment. Um, and I I tend to look too much into the future. So much of what I do is. Right. I, I guess I'm trying to retrain what my highs are because mm. my highs are always thinking about what's coming next. Like, what can I do next? Like, what, what you're
2: looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, I'm
1: waiting for that phone call. I'm gonna get that phone call, and I'm going be super happy once I get that phone call. Mm. But I'm kind of learning how to retrain that, and like, how do I stay happy in the moment right now with what I already do have? Um, yeah.
3: Any tips? Anything that you found to be successful?
1: Uh, I mean, meditation is super helpful. I'm definitely on a the the opposite swing. I have not been meditating lately, and I'm kind of <laughs> kicking myself for it. But things but have you've just you've
0: been doing more yin, and I would definitely say that's a contemplative, meditative practice for
1: sure. Things are just going well right now, and it's easy when things are going well to not do the work. <laughs> And that's very much
2: yep. where
1: I'm at right now. It's like things are going well and I'm putting all this effort into those. And I know it's all going to come crashing down in its own way, some <laughs> shape or form. Uh, and I'm, I am I guess, preparing for it. And I'll like slowly ease my way back into what I'm doing. I'm just kind of an all or nothing individual. Kind of. So I'm either, <laughs> I'm either super in it or I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. whatever. It'll figure itself out. <laughs> um but I think one tip that can really help people a lot is, you know, A, do yoga. You know, as weird as it sounds, like it's a good physical practice that checks a lot of different boxes. Yes. It checks the meditation box. It checks, the, like, working your body box. It checks the, like, taking care of yourself, mental, physical. Like, it, mm-hmm. it all is so much
3: Chill out more. the nervous system box, which mm-hmm. is, like, we all need that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure.
1: So, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that those would be some good tips. Get outside. Yeah.
2: Especially explore, this time take time year, for yourself get out there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious for both of you in this, in this realm of it sounds like things are, you know, they're cooking along. They're going really, really well. And I'm all about growth and I'm very curious about that. And I'm wondering what you would say for both of you, what you'd say the area that you've grown the most in this past year, maybe it's, you know, just this year or like a year ago. So like m- going back through 2017 and like so where have you grown and like where has this made a difference in your life?
2: Hmm. I'm Maybe trying to think if it's like specifically or... it's a
1: year. Might be going back like 2 years, but like I've two grown years. a lot as a man.
2: Ooh. Mm-hmm. So like elaborate agrees.
1: please. over the last three years has been this big shift and a lot of it's tied to her and some of it's going through yoga training and whatnot. But like, it's just becoming less of a boy in the way I look at things and more of a man, like accepting responsibilities, taking care of things that need to be cared, taking care of like, I don't, i'm trying to think
0: not of not necessarily like, like masculine man but like yeah. growing up i guess is, yeah I i've, I've grown
1: a lot in the last couple of years it's not mm. like spiritual growth it's not like any like crazy work has been done um it's just been kind of the day-to-day things the the <laughs> feeling like i'm adulting mm-hmm. i mean just the little shit of like they're, they're definitely always things but like cleaning up once i'm done with the project like finishing the project to the very end and then clean everything up after. Like I'm not a super cleanly person and like I tend to leave shit around a lot, but I'm getting better about like finishing a project and having to like take care of a household. Like having a dog has helped prepare me a lot. I mean, we're talking about raising a family together. So then it's like now I have, I'm soon to have two kids. So by adding that into my life, it's kind of learning how to be a parent to them And through being a parent to them and a parent to plants and a parent to a dog (laughs) and using those to kind of grow as an individual and learn to be a man in a, I don't know, a responsibility level.
3: Do you think that this is something that naturally happens for people? So you're, we're, we're both 29 now, right? Do you think this is something that kind of naturally happens for like, Men like getting towards your later twenties, beginning of your thirties, or is this something you feel like is unique to you? Or
1: I think it. I think it's definitely about this time. I think it, it seems to be a fairly big time for when people go through. Some of your are
0: on similar, but a lot of them are not. But I would say some are similar. So some, some range. it definitely
1: takes longer. Some mm-hmm. of them they start a lot earlier. So I think a lot of it depends on your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I'm not really totally sure on that one because we kind of mentioned before that there are certain individuals that aren't quite on your level and so that's where there's been some struggle is realizing that other people aren't quite on my level and wanting you know friends to hang out with because you feel like you need to have these friends to go do stuff with but instead of being worried about having friends and trying to get them on my level or find other people that are on my level I found a partner who's on my level so everything we do yeah. is like on the same level that's attempting to always level up So these like small little level ups that are like super mild that I couldn't even pinpoint have been really good learning lessons for me to reflect back upon the way I react to a certain situation. Mm. Um, I mean, a lot of the, the love languages that we've talked about, like nonviolent communication that you've introduced us to a bunch of this stuff that I think those things have really helped to do that inward self-reflection on a daily basis, not just like, oh, I'm deep in a yoga pose. Let me reflect and go deep. It's like, all right, I just acted like an asshole. How do I acknowledge that I acted like an asshole and then apologize for being an asshole and then also take that next (laughs) step to make sure that I attempt not to be an asshole next time, but also being okay with myself if I was an asshole the next time because it's all a learning process. Oh, yeah. So it's just a lot of complex things. Yeah.
3: yeah. Like kind of maybe after your big, like sort of spiritual awakening in some way, or like big transformation that you go through, Mm -hmm. then like after a certain point, like you said, yeah, it's like the micro aspects Mm -hmm. to like your life or your personality or your growth.
0: Yeah. So we went to the first festival we taught at together was in North Carolina and it was called three days of light, 3DL. And there was a workshop there that was geared towards men. I don't remember, do you remember what it was called?
2: It's like
1: something about masculinity.
0: Yeah. Some sort of a masculine workshop. And he was very intrigued and wanted to go. And it's always felt like he was missing like a strong male role model in his life. Dad worked a lot, didn't really have a close relationship with him. Mm -hmm. It's always just kind of yearned for some guidance. And, um, I wanted to go to it with him because I was a single mom with a almost teenage boy. And I was like, I don't, he doesn't have a male role model. Like, I don't know what he needs and how to be that for him. I'm a woman. (laughs) So uh, we went to this workshop and something like really profound, but simple. The guy was like, just build a chair. And Jordan walked out of there and was like, I want to, I want to build a chair. And it's less of like, he wants to build an actual chair to sit in, but it's the idea of like, I just want to make something and Mm -hmm. I want to like use my hands and use my brain and like create something that's functional that I can sit on. And ever since then, I've been watching him evolve and change and like really try to like understand who he is as a man and what that looks like and how he might want to be a father and how he might want to have a closer relationship with his dad and what it means to be a man in 2018 who also has feminine sides and who's a yogi and who's in touch with all of those sides of himself and um, I think your big shift was very similar to my big shift that I haven't even talked about yet Um, but was just stepping up and taking care of me through my surgeries and my traumas and Um, you know, we were in it and we were in this amazing relationship and I, I figured we'd be together forever, but there was maybe a little part of me that has been let down time and time again and abandoned and had major trust issues that I now realize weren't quite resolved until I really saw him step up and take care of me all hours of the night, every doctor appointment, every gross What was that shit you had to put on my rotting carcass of a nipple? What was that stuff? The sylvanine. The syllable, the stinky stuff that he had to put on literally rotting flesh. And like just seeing the way he stepped up and owned that and took care of me was mind blowing. And I was Mm. like, Oh, like this is a man who, yes, is twelve years younger than me. And yes, when I met him, I definitely thought he was a boy. This is a man. That is strong in who he is, and can totally take care of me if if needed. And I'm a very independent woman. I'm pretty good at taking care of myself. Yes. So like, if I think if someone can step up and do that, that's pretty impressive. And we watched this uh, documentary called "Mask of Masculine" or "The Mask You Wear." mask we wear about masculinity and toxic masculinity Mm. and if you haven't watched it please watch it it's so good even if you're not a man you have to watch it but it really just made me become aware of like certain ways that we expect guys to be and and um and it's pretty fucked up really but I, i think that was also a big like wake up for him watching that and being like oh i get to define who i am as a man. I don't, I don't have to do it the way other people say to do it or my parents had to do it. Like I'm going to define, I'm going to figure out what that looks like for me and how it will be best of service to my family and my loved ones and my dog.
3: What a journey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that documentary,
3: but I know that there's uh, Lewis Howe's School of Greatness podcast. Yeah. He, he wrote
0: The Mask of Masculinity. Yeah. The Mask of yeah. Masculinity. I've read that book. Yeah. And that was Whoa. Yeah, the documentary is really powerful. I would definitely check that out. It's along the same lines, but it's because nice it talks. Yeah. And they talk to men of all ages, boys um, up to older men. And oh, it's I just do great watch to that. see. Um, yeah. But yeah,
3: Antonella for you in that growth area.
0: Yeah. Uh, Self love. Self love. Yeah. It's been a pretty epic year and a half, almost two years now. Oh my God. It's almost the anniversary again. So yeah. Um, Choosing to take my breast implants out was a scary endeavor and um, I had to spend a long time gearing up for it and then when it was finally time to say, okay, I love myself enough to do this and to take them out and Mm -hmm. to love myself with whatever's left after. And I remember going in and the doctor was like, you might be an A cup, like probably smaller. And I was like, what? And I remember coming home to him being like, should I still take them out? Like there's literally not going to be anything left. Cause there's the capsule that your body forms that they have to scrape out. They have to take out all the scar tissue. Like you're ravaged when there's gone, like there's nothing left. And I was pretty freaked out by that and I think they do have to give you like worst case scenario so I went into it thinking that was the worst case scenario and then you know a few days later we started to have complications and then a few weeks later I the rotting carcass of a nipple had to be removed and like there was just like this crazy amount of like test happening for me of like do you really love yourself like I know you said you love yourself but like do you really because now this is gonna happen and like now how do you feel so that was like almost funny at certain points where I was like are you kidding like how much like what is even going on Like, how could it get any worse yeah so like it's really transformed like the way I love myself, the way I love other people, uh, even people I don't know or I'm like brand new in my life like mm. I'm just so much more in love with um, everybody and every wow. person and their history and their traumas and their scars and I just think it's beautiful. I think I'm beautiful. I think that the scars and our challenges we've been through are an epic love story and it with is myself an and with love each story. other.
1: Yeah. Her teaching style has changed tremendously. <laughs> wow. Like when I found her, it was this very, that's why when you asked about like what her favorite style is right now, it's changed a lot. Like her style is very rigorous, um, not only physically, but even more mentally. Like mm-hmm. there's so a lot of yoga that's a real mm-hmm. big focus on the physical. Um, and hers was so much more in depth on the mental. And like, it was crazy how I don't know. It would push you. Comprehensive it was. was, And I miss some of that for sure. Mm. But the... the, It
0: comes out every once in a while. Yeah, Yeah. for sure.
1: Um, But her teaching style has really like opened up to be more about this community collectiveness. And I think that just invites so many more people to the fold and invites people to meet where they're at. Rather than saying, here's my level. You got to meet me on my level or... You're not. I'm not available to you.
2: Yeah. So her availability
1: has opened up a ton, um, and I'm I'm intrigued to see where things go in the next five plus years because I think as we get more people that want to know more, I think she still has that side in her that's going to allow her to really push the limits. It's almost like she started with such a, a complex in-depth knowledge of so many things that it was unattainable by almost anyone and then she had to learn how to really soften and become connected with individuals in order to actually bring people to it it's like you know a, a weird analogy would be like music like you're so into your specific genre but if you're a techno snob and you're an asshole to everyone about it like people aren't going to want to sit and listen to your music i was definitely a yoga snob
0: i will say that. A huge yoga snob. i was a total yoga snob But like, but but the argument
1: would be that she was at that like top tier.
0: Mm. And so
1: when you are at that top tier, it's pretty easy to be a snob about something because you think you've found the top. But that's the thing is like, I don't know, maybe it's more like a circle. You think you're at the top and then there's this huge other circle and like that you have to roll through. (laughs) I don't know. She's she's gone through the ringer and she's gone back to the bottom and then like worked her way back up into this community acceptance and yeah
0: and i still get times like when we do continuing ed so our Mm -hmm. 200 hours for people who want to start on their yoga path but our continuing ed is for people who've already been through a yoga training maybe they're already yoga teachers or they're like really looking to like do the deeper work, those and, are fun.
2: And that's I really where I think like in, like, those.
1: five years, once we start to get more people that have gone through our trainings, people who have found us through various events, they've gotten deeper into their yoga practice, they're looking for more, like, that's when she's really going to shine. But, I mean, it's it's like people say that difference in, like, if if you haven't played... a a room where no one's there and you're djing to two people then like you don't really deserve to play a main stage headlining festival because you haven't experienced that you haven't experienced all the different levels along the way
0: or when half of your tts fail the final written exam because you overloaded them with way more information than they're really ready for yeah Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) so we're learning we're learning (laughs) there are things that i think I I was just kind of saying that I'm I'm excited for the future because I think in the next five to ten years, it'll be cool to see your, like, really complex self come back out. Mm -hmm. But with this added layer of love and acceptance and care that also allows you to, like dig even deeper, to like shine even deeper into someone.
0: Yeah, I'd like to revisit that side. And, I, and like I said, sometimes it comes out in certain classes. If the right students show up that day, I get to pull it out. and um, But I also, I think this time it's layered with a lot more love. But that's the mm-hmm. thing is
1: instead of like waiting for the right people to show up, mm-hmm. you will have curated the enough people. of yeah. a style and brought those people there that you want. And then those individuals will...
0: And it's not that I don't – yeah, I want to be careful about the way that's worded. Like, I want everybody. Everybody that's showing up, I love them. And I love beginners. But beginners are actually my favorite, honestly. I absolutely love it. But um, there is a lot that I want to do, but I don't want to overwhelm people. And and there's a time – this is like music. It's like the festival. It's a a setting. And and I've learned now that I'm not going to pull out all the stops – Every yep. time, because for some people, they'll start to glaze over, and it's just way too much, and they feel overwhelmed, and or they feel like this maybe is just... Above where they're emotionally or intellectually or spiritually at. And mm-hmm. so um, there's times when, especially, and I get to dabble a little bit with that in teacher training because we progress them towards it. And so we definitely get to a point where they're doing two, three-hour practices on two mats. So it's like dealing with a lot of different layers and levels and, and philosophies, and those are super fun. But even even further, when I can get people who are more seasoned and who've been teaching for a long time and help them deep in. that's pretty fun
2: I yeah
1: i like it it's like if if we're going to a if i'm going to play a dj set to people that have been in the scene for a long time i'm yeah. going to play stuff that's going to really attempt to like get them on a much deeper level versus if i'm gonna play to a bunch of people that have that don't really know electronic music mm-hmm. then i'm going to start to play stuff that's more mainstream and more trying to pull them into it because mm-hmm. you're you're teaching to your crowd and what mm-hmm. i mean is that like when you start to teach more and more individuals and we start to build a community outside of just our specific area, then you're going to have more people to choose from. And when you have more individuals, those specific individuals that do want the more complex stuff will have a space to do it. Mm -hmm. And you'll have enough of them where you've... Curated a specific event like like a five hundred hour teacher training. Yeah. it's curated mm-hmm. towards them. Yeah. you still have a two hundred hour that curates to other people, and you have events and you have workshops. Yeah,
0: or even just modules. Like right now we're exactly. doing modules, and those are pretty fun. Like we did an advanced sequencing module back in the fall, and it was just, so cool, it's super fun to like help people see where where this can actually go. They're like, oh, I didn't even think
2: about
3: that. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I'm hearing is it's just so great that you have this high level of expertise, like. That's not gonna go away. It's always like a part of you, right? And so
0: yeah, it's this it's, weird instinctual part. I don't really know how to describe it. I love that. I, and my it's, brain's weird. <laughs> I don't plan any classes. Whoa. None. I don't plan anything ahead of time. And wow. It's just like I don't know. I don't just know how to comes describe it. out
1: of her brain, and it's awesome.
0: And sometimes it's like pure flow state where I'm just like just in it and I'm like oh we're doing this next and then we're going here and it all makes sense I'm not just like randomly pulling shit out of my ass like it is all very intentional but it's just in the moment intentional like I know I see the people who've shown up I'm watching them move in the warm-up I know exactly where we're gonna go and what we're gonna do and then oh we're gonna go here Mm, actually change my mind we're gonna do this and then it kind of goes in a different route but like ultimately it's all very mm, intellectually designed And that's where the difference is in the last couple of years is now it's the intellectual is like layered with the intuitive and the love and the the holding the space more so than just like, I'm going to plow their brains and they're going to leave me like, what the fuck yoga class was that? Like that blew my mind. Like that's not as important to me anymore. Like there's still elements of that, but. Uh, that used to be, like, my primary goal. And now it's, like, I want them to leave feeling kind of emotional. Like, oh, like, that was, that moved me. And, mm. and then also have the layers of that, like, I learned something about myself or this practice that is, uh,
3: yeah. Wow. So you don't plan forever. the classes.
0: No, never. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I know, plan.
3: like, again, like, bridging this, like, electronic music meets, like, yoga. I know that... Back in the day, I interviewed laidback Luke, nice. and he obviously—I mean, I know a lot of DJs don't plan their sets, but he never, never. ever planned yeah. a set. The only thing he would ever do is just listen for like the last song that the DJ like was playing, the, obviously, opener, yeah. and then just think about okay, which song am I gonna play? To just like that kind of matches that last song. And then after that,
0: it just all flows from there. Yeah. yeah, I
3: was gonna
1: use that as an example. It's like a DJ who learned on turntables. Like, yeah, they're gonna be somewhat elitist and be like, no, turntables are the way to go. And you can do all this scratching and all this crazy mixing. Like someone like Laidback Luke, who's like yeah. an extremely technically advanced DJ. But then they move into this CDJ world where like that's not required anymore. And so you're like moving into this new world where like, That's not necessarily required, but you still have this previous knowledge that you can incorporate into it. And now Mm -hmm. you're doing more song selection mixed in with other (laughs)
0: more advanced techniques. The curating, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like to equate it to like a bunch of post-it notes in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Right? And they all have like little maybe two to three things on it. And as the class is going, it's like I'm pulling these post it notes and I'm just rearranging and putting in them in certain orders. And um, so, but what um, there's pluses and minuses to it. One uh, plus is I'll never teach the same class twice. One minus is I'll never teach the same class twice. Wow. So that's also n- not necessarily a good thing because I do think in our world there's a lot of people who like a little repetition and they want to feel like they're sort of winning there's a little bit of ego Mm. appeasement that i think is important to help people to come back and so um just like when i used to personal train like i was not the type of trainer that would have you do a set workout for x amount of weeks and there were some clients that were like, "No, but I want to feel like I'm getting better at it, and I don't want to do the same thing over and over." And um, with yoga, that's just not really how I operate. And the only times that I've I sort of repeated a class is when. Um, I had a really dedicated group of what I would say is more intermediate to advancing yogis. Mm -hmm. Every Friday, they always showed up. It was the same crew of students, half of which were teachers, which is always awesome when you have (sighs) a bunch of teachers showing up. And so I actually built out a curriculum for them. So I didn't plan the individual classes, but I planned like a three-month span of like I knew there was going to be a theme, whether it was a peak pose or a peak uh, thought process or uh, um, yama or niyama yoga philosophy like there was there was a there was a curriculum over the span of three months and then how those classes developed was still very creative and on the fly but the, the purpose of taking these students through this was very intentional
3: I love that I'm I'm a big fan I I really appreciate thank you like the I mean, obviously, if someone plans their class, like, that's great, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I paid money, they planned the class, like, that's Jordan awesome. Did for a if that's long their style. Time. He doesn't
0: anymore, but he did for all, like, right? he, like, spreadsheeted that shit out every wow. time, like, very, very organized.
3: But I also love the, like, freedom that, like, mm-hmm. you can show up and then I'm totally like the, I'm, I'm plan every little last thing out, like.
0: Yeah, and I teach sequencing in our 200 hour and I also teach sequencing for our continuing ed, like advanced sequencing. So I I see the value in it. I think it's important to be able to plan sequences and to have these set things that you've written out in your back pocket. But what we teach on top of that is you have to know when it's when you got to drop it and when you got to change it because you can have this great grand plan that you spent all night working on and then the people who show up, it's not going to work. Like they're not physically able or they're way beyond what you planned or just the energetics of the room just aren't in tune with what you had planned the night before. You got to teach. You're not an instructor who's doing a Zumba class. You're not doing... Right? You have to teach. And so I think it's a responsibility of us as teachers, if you're going to call yourself a teacher, is to be able to set your plan aside or greatly modify your plan so it actually services and teaches the people who showed up because you never know who's going to show up. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Because if you are stuck to your plan, it'll paralyze you because there'll be that one wild card person who can't do it who's really struggling Mm -hmm. or that other wild card teacher who you're really uh, look up to and and they're awesome practice and they come in and you're like oh fuck they're bored (laughs) oh they hate my class oh my god this is too easy for them because you're so stuck to your plan that you can't see what they might need and be able to go over and give them more or uh you know teach to the whole room rather than just Mm. what your thought was or the common denominator wow Sorry, I can talk a lot about you. Know? No, I love that. <laughs> I,
3: I just, I'm just, I like, I'm just r- literally going, like, thinking about all the yoga classes that I've been in, and been like, oh my god, the teachers, like, wow, they're like, they have so much going on, they do. in their head,
0: right, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: one of my teachers, like, I've had many very influential teachers in my life, but when one of mine kept showing up to my classes over and over, I was so frustrated. I was like, why does she keep coming to my classes? so annoying because you get stressed out like they show up and you're like ugh, are they they're like like observing or reviewing or do they hate it and then I started to realize like oh she's only coming to my classes not anyone else's classes she's not reviewing me she likes them like they're wow. good for her they're what she wants and I'm like oh that's kind of cool and then after that I started to notice more and more teachers were coming to my classes even my basics classes because wow. they like wanted what was in there so that's that's pretty cool and that's where the fear factor comes in because that's like the biggest fear for a lot of newer teachers or less confident teachers is having other teachers show up or quote-unquote advanced yogis show up and you're like oh like I gotta. I, I, what if I screw up? Or what if I forget a side? Or I wonder if they hate my class. Like you, you, it's really easy to get in your head when oh, another yeah. teacher shows up in your class. I I think it's awesome. I love it when they come to class. I'm like, yeah, bring it on, <laughs> because I know I get to go deeper. Absolutely. Yeah, what would
3: fun. you say to? I guess what would both of you say to the all the aspiring yoga teachers out there? Like as just uh, kind of like to in that. Yeah. And basically maybe in that transition period where they have, you know, they've completed their certification and they're, you know, they're done with the training. But like at the same time, they might have this paralyzing fear before they actually like go out and start teaching like how, what words can you give them to help them get over that hump of like the, like the just do it. How do they just do it?
0: Go for it. No. Do you recall for you? No. I know what... Or yeah,
3: for yourselves. How did you personally get over that?
0: For me, I didn't really have it because I had already been a personal trainer for years before Mm. that. So I was really used to being... Uh, looking at people's bodies, deciding what would be good for them, and being able to give verbal instructions that were inspiring and and very anatomically focused. So I didn't I I came into yoga very blessed in that way. I already had a lot of experience in that. But what I do tell our trainees and what I encourage our trainees is just start with somebody that you love, and that's going to be super excited and supportive of you. Your mom, your spouse, your Friends like start small, mm. and uh, I usually encourage at a park. I'll say, go to a park, invite your friends. When people are walking them around, invite them to join you and just teach. And so I, I think that. that's a really great way to get started. Just start to teach, and you can make a donation base. You can do it for free. I don't care, but like just start doing it. Yes, and then eventually you'll get the confidence to go and get that studio job or do the event. But Um, start with people that you love and that's where doing a local training is really important to us is that uh, we encourage all of our grads same thing everyone stays in touch when you get that first sub job like go on to our private facebook group for your tt and tell everyone where it's at and what time and they will show up and they will be in the front row and they'll be so excited for you and they're supporting you so like that family aspect super important
3: very important People,
0: people want to see you Do what you love. Mm -hmm. So pick those people first. Go teach them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she mentioned... Such um, good advice. Like post-it notes in her head. Now, that's way more complex. But uh, what was kind of nice for me is when I did create this spreadsheet is I had several different classes. I would every time I would create a new class, I would add it into this spreadsheet. And so that you could see all of them and like they would all out. be side by side by yeah. side by side. And that would be either in a backbend class or a you know basics class or a hip opener class. And so you could have them all seen there. And then what was easy enough is that there's kind of in essence broken up by an intro and like the middle of the class, maybe like a peak pose and then the cool down. Mm. And so rather than, you know, a post-it note where there's three poses that are all aligned and she kind of does this crazy concoction of it, just switch out the intro and the middle of the class and the end of the class. And so by switching them out, you've then like recreated a class on the fly in a way and then you start to divide that a little bit more and then you're like right now I break it up into six different parts there's the beginning of the intro and then the second half of the intro
0: so you have this overall skeleton and then what you plug and play in there is up to you yeah so you can
1: start to create this kind of baseline of like and I mean it's like a it's like an outline for a paper it's like we write an outline for a paper and then we write the rest of it but it's Mm -hmm. like then once you've written the rest of it now take the rest of it and break it back down into the outline and only take the outline with you instead of the full paper oh yeah and i mean that's you know pretty basic and standard but it's not that easy and it's like Thank i think God her, is her thing is the best i mean we'll take it back to djing of like if you're going to go out and dj uh, try djing a set that's just for your friends where you're not worried about having this yeah. perfect song and, go song DJ and song. a house
0: party where everyone there loves you anyway so if you fuck or up, if, it if you're playing <laughs>
1: or if you do end up playing a couple shows and you know there's a show where all of your friends are going to be at and it doesn't really matter if you fuck up people are really scared like oh if my friends are going to be there i can't fuck up but your friends are going to be the people that are going to be the most okay with you fucking up so yeah. be okay with trying new things when you know there's going to be a crew there to support you no matter
0: what yeah when you played that late night timber room show recently you packed it out with tons of our friends and it was so cool because you were just like let's do it you're like oh i'm gonna play this one and i'm gonna do that it one just,
1: it was uh it's funny you talked about earlier like you know it's like riding a bike, like getting back into it once you know it. And um having learned on CDJs, I can go hop on CDJs and whenever, but I hadn't played on CDJs in like six months because wow. I've been playing a ton on my controller because we do these yoga sets, and so
2: I take, don't have basically. CDJs
1: at home now because I sold them to get this controller. So I use the controller for yoga sets and it allows me some fun different abilities and four channels and whatnot but I don't put everything through record box now and play off a of USB. I have everything. I have my computer. I have my whole library of music set up there. Like it's slightly differently organized because I've created all these playlists that are different than playlists of my USB. So it was like, I was just winging it and I was used to having on my controller, like it mixed by key. And on my, uh, I don't have Ooh. Mixed in Key, which is this program, and so I haven't purchased it because I don't want to spend the money on it. <laughs> is like I didn't have the keys, and so I can't. the The keys in Tractor are different than they are on uh, Record Box, and so like I was kind of in a way flying blind through a different Whoa. style that I use. So I was like, "Fuck it! Like let's just wing it and go do it." And it turned out phenomenal oh, because. So but fun. But part of it was because I just had a ton of friends there that I was like, "All right, fuck it! I can just go and." If I fuck up, whatever, it's not a big deal. And then I ended up like playing one of the best sets ever with like basically zero fuck ups.
3: Whoa, but did it's you just record that confidence.
1: it? No. Well, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that.
3: Did you record that one?
1: Oh, I hope he hasn't taken it down yet. Thank you for the reminder.
0: I would love Devlin to hear it. Devlin sent
1: it to me, but it was oh, like broken yeah. up into two different files. So I need to download both of those files. Oh,
0: he recorded it. Yeah. Score. Yeah, it was fantastic.
1: So I need to like take the two files and like, Put them together and throw it all in in Logic, but yeah. So I think I have it.
3: Please Forgot do that. I'd love that to That needs hear to be posted re... ASAP. Agreed. That's good. Yeah. Very cool. I don't know. Sometimes I find that uh, it's actually scarier with your friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I find strangers to be the the people that it's easiest for me to, for sure, present like new content or like present a topic or facilitate a type of event but i don't know sometimes it 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 changes because you're right i do feel like you do feel like the love from your friends but then also i feel like the pressure is like so high too because you want them to be proud of you yeah kind kind of of your own ego
0: yeah oh yeah it's It's really about you being like because they're gonna show up and they're gonna love you and they're gonna support you and yeah, what if they, they don't? They do. Well then they're not <laughs> really kidding. your friends, in my opinion. Those are ones to, as we were talking about earlier, to maybe uh maybe they're not your friends. Definitely. They're not your peeps. So something that
3: I I have a I have a confession. I do have a couple of these fun little decks I brought with me. I am I am a coach, so I have a lot of questions that I like to saddle myself with. And one of them that is speaking to me right now. That I feel like you two are the perfect people to ask is a prompt that says, "I'm secretly curious about fill in the blank." Oh,
0: I'm secretly curious about. I
1: don't know. <laughs> what am I secretly? Secretly, is such a funny
0: word because like I feel like this day and age and with our careers and social media world, like nothing is yeah, there's nothing anymore. secret anymore. I, like so open book. What am I secretly curious about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say mushrooms, but, like, that's not secret. Mm -hmm. No,
0: but, like, a lot of people might not know that about you.
1: Super into mushrooms. I grow my own mushrooms.
0: Yeah. What
1: else am I... I'm secretly into gardening. We kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. Not that I've ever done any gardening, but, like, I really want to have a garden. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Like
1: I want to grow some shit.
3: Yeah, what would it look like? (laughs) I I don't know. What do do you want to (laughs) grow? Plants. (laughs) 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 So, like food. food. So, I want to
1: do like, um, uh, I guess biodynamic, but like permaculture style where like everything's connected and growing off of itself. And I mean, super hippie stuff like using chicken poop to like compost and grow mushrooms off of it and have Mm -hmm. the mushrooms break it down further to then make it more bioavailable soil to like grow better plants and fix the Earth through mm-hmm. plants and oh, I guess the other one would be save the bees. Yeah, save the That's bees. That's all like are... super, yeah. super. I mean, you know that we, we talked about all that. Well, I know that. Yeah,
0: but people listening might not know. That. Yeah,
1: because I think, what, we, I think we talked we... about it on that last episode with her though that oh, we okay. did the Paul Stamets talk together and we didn't really about...
3: go too much into that. Yeah. What? How do you what? How do you save the bees?
1: Yeah, so. I don't really know. I just heard about Paul Stamitz for several things mushroom related and he had um he gave a talk in Seattle that we all went to mm-hmm. and uh he mentioned that mushrooms uh have antimicrobial um and antiviral properties in certain ones and so the issue with bees dying was this um mite issue where the mite was causing the bees' wings to be deformed and then they couldn't fly so they would die and it has killed off like some ungodly like 70% of bees in the world are like gone. And so they're they're on their way back. But they, some say it's pesticide issues and whatnot. But he figured out that bees that went to a certain mushroom would land on the mushroom. And by landing on the mushroom, it would give off its antimicrobial properties or whatever, which would kill off the termites. And then the bees would be fine. And so he was trying to use... Bees are like mushrooms around bees to then have saved the bees. And then I guess he got into more permaculture and how mushrooms saved his mom's life, who was at stage four cancer and was able to beat it with mushrooms. And he, ha- I mean, he has a mushroom line that I take every day now. And I want to kind of follow suit and do my own honey. And we have tons of flowers all over the property and mm. apple trees. And so we need bees to pollinate everything and so if i plant mushrooms hopefully i can help save the bees and then have honey and like create this whole
3: i love this world Mm -hmm. where i
1: can live at home and take Mm -hmm. care but rather than necessarily like all right i gotta go grow vegetables and sell the vegetables and the honey in order to survive i can just grow what i need to eat and Mm -hmm. i can have honey maybe sell a little bit down at our store and the extra cider and stuff but then also be able to do our other side projects yeah.
3: So it's just like your own like self-sustaining like grocery store. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I'd love to be way more self-sustaining. I'll and it'll that. never be fully possible, but I would love to get like solar panels and like yeah, battery sick. setups and be able to pretty much get off grid. We have a well here. It. Yeah. It's like in theory we could tap into the well. Um one of the properties, one of the parts of the property uses all well water, so.
2: I
3: think with all like with the internet, plus, like, all the technological advances. Like, who the fuck knows where we're going to be? Yeah. In- you know and
1: else I'm see, super interested in? What? Building bunkers.
0: Yo, <laughs> really? Yeah, we've talked about this. I'm
1: not a doomsday prepper by any <laughs> oh. means. Not a doomsday you prepper. I don't
0: know. He kind of is.
1: <laughs> but... I've listened to so much on so many different Joe Rogan podcasts and so many different things talking about like the world goes through these crazy shifts. I mean, there's there's some serious. I won't get into that. Um, talks about the planet going through different shifts and some say meteors, some say solar flares. And he had someone on recently, Robert Shock, that was like, there are solar flares in the late 1800s there was a giant solar flare that was unlike anything we've experienced before and it lit telegram machines on fire and like burned you Hmm. know these connected lines and everything and so they're waiting for those to happen again because they think that solar flares could have been huge causes of like glacial melting and other Hmm. things that have happened that have changed the temperature of our planet And so what he's saying is if we had a solar flare – hello, dog. (laughs) If we had a big solar flare happen right now, all of our electronics would be gone. Our entire grid would be gone. Any electricity we have, like, that's how we do anything. How many jobs would be completely gone if we didn't have internet access? Like, you couldn't do anything. Fucking anything. (laughs) So it was one of those, like, that's one thing, but it's also another thing, like, how would you survive? Mm. and so part of it like if we lived in a city you couldn't survive shit would be chaos but where we live the, the ability we have to still survive here it would be cool to get solar panels set up and have some sort of a bunker where i mean he talked about one like going back to ancient egyptian stuff like there were uh solar flares that caused radiation so if you went outside you could die So if you're out there for three days and you don't have cover, you're going to die. And so he talked about like people going into uh, caves and Mm. living in caves. And that's why they started living underground and like in Turkey and stuff. They have all these caves that are all built into the mountainside. And he thinks, and there's some other people that argue, but apparently like 12,000 years ago or something, like 90% of the world's population died off. Whoa. And it was because of... Different things that happen, and he thinks part of it was solar flares that caused radiation if you went outside. It's like part of me is like, I don't want this doomsday prepper of the world's gonna end, but like, fucking, what if Donald Trump fires a fucking (laughs) nuke and then we get nuked back and Seattle gets nuked? Like, if I had a bunker, I could go hide in it. Like, if there's a solar flare and we had a (laughs) bunker, like, There's just enough things like if there was fucking flooding, uh, like all the glacial ice melted and Seattle was underwater and we're just outside Seattle. Like if I have a bunker at the top of this hill we live on. Like
3: Man, I'm so going to (laughs) die.
0: We will. We will ration. We'll put some rations in there for you. you can still stay in our bunker. If I can make it, if I can just make it to Jordan and Janella's yeah. house, we gotta so make I'm it over to the secretly a
1: doomsday prepper.
0: Cool, but I haven't
1: put any money or effort into it. I just think about it a lot.
3: He's a, a, a doomsday. Yeah, you're obsessed
0: yeah. with the bunker. The bunker life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
0: that'd be cool. That'd be sweet. Is it
3: gonna be like a secret, like? swank like Vegas like bunker or is it going to be like a old McDonald had a farm bunker (laughs) (laughs) right
1: now it's like an old McDonald had a farm bunker Uh, I think it depends on how successful we get in life you if if, if we successful. do the things that we want to do and end up becoming
0: out there that Doomsday Pepper <laughs> <help. laughs> yeah, Are there any Doomsday sites that can sponsor our podcast? But yeah, um, if, yeah,
1: if we accomplish the goals we want to accomplish and we get to a point where I could financially invest in something like that, yeah. then I think it would be super cool. I would love to spend the money to build some crazy cool infrastructure that's built into the ground. I mean, A, just to have a cool house. We mm-hmm. love tiny homes and underground yeah. homes and shipping container homes and like Our all dumb, these cool things. Dumb dumb. And so we have an area that we could kind of build back into a hill, but there's tons of water that would come through there. So there's all these logistic things that like, mm. it'll cost a fuck ton of money to build the bunker I want to build. <laughs> but like we're talking like lots of money. But, you Man know, cave, if though. that... Yeah, that's the thing. Like if that does work out to like build like to like move this studio in there
2: and then like then
1: you have got this underground studio that that becomes like a business expense and you've (laughs) built a studio in there but that's just like a part of it and then like in the room next door you have all the rations and stuff but then you have this super comfortable room with tons of chairs and you know all the things you enjoy is that
0: natural sound deadening yeah you're in a
1: underground
0: yeah then you don't even need all these panels
1: Oh, no, you need the panels because okay. it still bounces around the room. Uh, the panels don't do anything for the outside sound. Gotcha. Like earlier you could hear the lawnmower that was outside. Some of you might have heard that. You can hear like cars oh, passing really? by sometimes. I didn't even hear it. Yeah, my dad was mowing the lawn. Mm, mm,
3: I great. didn't hear it either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're As you deaf. Can hear it. Well, he's just very particular about all
1: those yeah. levels mm. and stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
2: so we've
3: got doomsday prepper <laughs> over here. We've got mushrooms, gardening, permaculture, and. Entenola. I love it when
0: he's like, I don't know, and then he's like, blah, 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 blah,
2: like all the things,
0: all the things. <laughs> That's good. And you notice, like, all the things he just talked about were all in addition to everything we've talked to you leading up to this. Those were all extra things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's good.
3: Your life will never be boring. No, no,
0: happily no. ever not boring. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Angela, what about you? I any At this point, I forgot what the question
0: was. Secret,
3: <laughs> secret curiosities. or It says, I'm secretly curious about. Oh,
0: I'm secretly curious about. Hmm. I am secretly curious about the studies that are going on right now to introduce people need it with medical intervention to um, mushrooms and mdma me too very curious about that and maybe the rediscovery of acid and controlled environments where we can use these different things in a way that is not prohibitory and throwing people in jail or encouraging reckless behaviors and partying and more of like looking at it as tools to help people heal and connect and grow and maybe um, help uh, move past some traumas in their lives. It's Mm -hmm. super, super interesting to me. I'm intrigued to see where it all goes. It's exciting to me to know that we're like on the brink of of having centers that you can go to where a doctor and a trained psychologist will help take you through a safe experience with mushrooms. And um, yeah, I think that's fucking awesome. I'm so, so intrigued by it. And I really hope that the people who are helping make all of this happen just keep going in that direction and you know we (laughs) kind of talk about the the what ifs one days but like if when we get when not if when When. we get to a point where we are financially thriving i would love to throw some money at that type of research and and making those environments possible for people who need it because i think that the other drugs that doctors and um pharmaceutical companies are throwing at people or it's ridiculous and it's completely irresponsible and it's creating problem like epidemic proportions of um side effects like i can't even when the commercials come on oh my god <laughs> all the god. side effects i'm like are you kidding me so unreal yeah, i'm really intrigued by that and um yeah I'm, I'm curious to see where all that goes i'm very I'm paying intrigued. attention
3: By that as well. There is actually, I mean, there's a lot of resources out there, but one of the ones that I really like is there is a TED Talk by Rosalind Watts also Mm -hmm. and named Watts, last name Watts. And essentially these administered sessions, like you said, with like a therapist, psychologist, where they're uh, taking someone and administering mushrooms. These people are severely depressed and they have found in these trial studies that these people walk away more profoundly changed mm-hmm. than they would in six years of talk therapy.
0: Are they doing large doses or is it more microdosing?
3: I think it's, I think it's like a one time mm, okay. administered dose so that's like yeah. not,
0: it's bigger, but it's not like,
3: you know huge yeah. yeah
1: we uh we listened to an episode of Rogan <laughs> recently with uh Michael Pollack mm-hmm. it's like a pollen a f- pollen really yeah I, think it's
3: I feel like I've heard this name
1: no. he's like a food author okay um, talking yeah. about tons of different really cool stuff
0: what's his books why does it sound
3: so familiar
0: um gosh I'm trying to I mean but
1: there were there were lots okay. of them and so basically he went on and his most recent book is about psychedelics and talking about You know, bringing Mm. psychedelics back for um, studying and almost like reintroduction to mainstream culture. Um, And it was really cool hearing him talk about a similar thing where he went and did experiences and interviewed people who had experiences all with using it in a very controlled setting for PTSD and other depression and anxiety issues. Because um, it's pretty rampant right now.
0: Yeah. So he is an author, Michael Pollan. He, um, why is it not showing the books on here? It's showing all of his movies. Oh, here we go. The Omnivore's Dilemma is probably oh, yeah. the one that you would recognize I w- Yeah, I was like,
3: that name sounds so familiar.
0: He did. Uh, In the Defense of Food was another good one. Mm. Cooked. He's had a series on Netflix. A lot of it's been about food in relation to um, how we are uh, in our lives and in and, and our histories and our traditions and how they affect the body. And right now he's getting a lot of coverage, like Jordan mentioned, um, for his work like the first article that comes up on here is New York Times two days ago it says Michael Pollan drops acid and comes back from his trip convinced. <laughs> yeah oh so but yeah it's a great episode with him on Rogan but basically uh, yeah similar to what I was talking about is that there's a lot of research going on a lot of change happening and he's one of these people who's been really well respected and known for a long time and for him to step out and say hey guys I've exper- experimented with this not to party not to get fucked up but because I think it can change lives and I've done it in a way that is mindful and thoughtful and safe and uh with the help of guides and and this is something I'm willing to put myself out in the mainstream media and talk about because I think it's important. And so I think he's a change maker right now. And he always has been. I've always like had my eye on him for other things. But like this is a pretty I think it takes it's bold to step out with something that is a schedule one drug and and say I've not only done it, but I I think other people should. And he's not out there trying to prescribe it to everybody, but he's saying this should be something that we are researching and figuring out how to utilize because it can really help people when used in the right way takes a lot of courage, I think, to be able to do that.
3: It does. I'm I'm definitely on the edge of my seat, like watching headlines and things mm-hmm. to see where the culture goes at this point in time with that type of thing. And I mean, to see studies like with that TED talk, I mentioned that these people are severely depressed. And six months after They're still not struggling with depression anymore Mm -hmm. and not on these It's
0: like ayahuasca. It's like medicine, right? How can we use different plant medicines and and things to to help people heal? And, you know, Peruvians have been doing it for a really long time in their own way. And maybe we're finally on the cusp of of figuring out ways to help people here. Because, I mean, that's such a huge epidemic of people dealing with depression. And yeah. Pretty intense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we uh, we're at about the three hour mark now. Oh
0: damn! <gasps> three hours? Are we gonna have to break we this up into it. two episodes? Is anyone gonna listen nah. for three hours? Who knows? Yeah. Hopefully. Why not? A few people, a few diehards, will stick with it. Yeah. We'll have to put out some teasers. I could, <laughs> I
3: could have kept going. I just got an eight a.m. meeting, so <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> 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 we're we're probably we're. wrap it up.
0: But we can always do this again. I quite like it actually. Yeah. Because we've dabbled with like me interviewing him and him interviewing me, but I think like it's better to have you in here. I think it's, it's fun great.
3: because both of you can riff off each other, which I like. Yeah. So it has been a pleasure. Thank you. I'm so thank you for the opportunity to interview both of you and have this awesome chat and be with Blue and <laughs> So
0: until you have your own podcast, which definitely needs to happen in the future, please come on ours anytime, either in the interviewer seat or the interviewee. We're totally down. We love you. Thank you so much. And yeah, if you're in the Seattle area
3: and you want to check out an awesome event, join me and Jordan Antonella this Saturday, 10 a.m. Cal Anderson Park in Capitol Hill in Seattle and we're going to do some yoga, and then we're going to dance. Heck, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. Get your boogie on. And listen to some music. And Jordan's spinning, right? Yeah. Spin- yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And good. all that you need to know, light up headphones. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly.
3: It's going to be righteous. So good. good.
1: All righty. Well, thank you, everyone, thank for listening. You. Thanks thank so you. Thank you, Lauren. Peace. You bet. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space.
0: And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.